Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. Nerdapalooza, the world's largest nerd music festival, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hello, I'm Bruce Boxleitner of Lantern City. I'm Tron, and you're not. And you're listening to Nerdy Show. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, we've got it covered. And this is an episode of Nerdy Show Prime. Nerdy Show Prime are our big blockbuster episodes where we take one single topic and ram it into the ground with furious might. This episode, we're talking about Mega Man. Hi, I'm Cap. I'm Brandon. I'm Doug. I'm Josh. And I'm Jana. Why are we talking about Mega Man? Well, there's a couple reasons. There's been a lot of activity in the Mega Man universe after a certain amount of dead space. Some big things are afoot, and also because a nerdy show listener named Arceus asked us to do a Mega Man microsode. So we started looking into doing that and put out a bunch of feelers, and everybody said yes. So we ended up with a bunch of interviews, and this microsode has turned into a full-blown Nerdy Show Prime episode. We're going to be talking with the Proto-Men, obviously the most infamous notorious badass mega man based rock group around i would say almost like even even not including mega man not stuff, including yeah. most the most the most notorious video game band at the moment mm-hmm. of all time maybe quite possibly let's go for it not yeah. even video game the most notorious band <laughs> they do non-video game songs that are amazing do they yes yeah well Queen. They covered Meatloaf. They cover, yeah, they covered oh, uh, Danger yeah, well, Zone. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, oh, uh, you uh, lost your mind during the Danger Zone. Yeah, I, I, I own the Queen album. I don't know what, <laughs> what are you talking about. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we're also going to be talking to Brett Elston, one of the Capcom community managers over at Capcom Unity, and the brains behind two Mega Man themed albums coming out this year. One filled with all new Mega Man remixes, and one filled with Mega Man rock songs, some you know, and some that are brand new, including one from the Proto Men. But that's not all that's going on with Mega Man right now. A man who's often associated as the creator of Mega Man. In fact, he's one of the founders of Mega Man, but uh, he may as well be the creator. His hand has been in in Mega Man's robotic innards for quite a long time. Inafune-san, he broke away from Capcom a number of years ago. Now he's starting his own game, one that's very much based in the heart and soul of what made Mega Man great. It's called Mighty Number 9, and it's... One of the most successful video game Kickstarters of all time. It's not done yet. It's currently ongoing, and it's amazing. So we're going to be talking about all those things. Mighty Number no. 9, the new Mega Man albums from Capcom, and everything in between. Why Why Mega Man? What makes that little blue childlike robot so great? The Pinocchio of the video game universe, why is he so cool? 
It's a good question. I think, well, for me at least, it was it was the first game where I felt like it wasn't scripted. Like that, I mean, you have the bosses, and you have, but you can do it. In whatever you can choose your you own. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can choose what power to use when. Um, and it was it was it was really up to you how you went through the game. And that was, I mean, as a little kid, I couldn't. Like I didn't understand Zelda yet. I haven't, you know, I was, I was, uh, Zelda didn't make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> like I was too young, but, but, but Mega Man, it, it it's like, he shoots lemons. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, but you know, and I suck I, at this level, so I'll just do a different level. Exactly. So you go yeah. through, you kill Cutman, you get, you get the, the thing that you're like, oh, I can do what that guy did. And then you look at the other robot masters very, very so you play yeah. all seven till you remember which one it works against. Exactly, but then but then you look at them all and you go, oh, this is up to me now. I thought that was really empowering as a little kind of like a little bounty hunter, which is all these faces up on the wall, and you're like, <laughs> that guy, that guy's going down, mm-hmm. and then you suck, <laughs> and then you got to learn to be better. But that's the thing you learn to be you learn to be better. Yeah, and they're and they're unforgiving. Yeah, I mean it's, yeah. it's completely unforgiving. But I think that's what kept me playing it. Mega Man is a big reason why so many of us are so sore about games being so easy these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it was, yeah. I was sore back then for it being difficult. I know I'm sore about it, games it being easy. It hardened us. We can yeah. handle it now. It's true. Yeah. The, the new generation complains about shit all the time. It's like, oh, we need, we need walkthroughs and we need guides and we need fucking pop-up hints to tell us to press an A button on a thing <laughs> where obviously you can only press an A button and it's retarded and Mega Man didn't have any of that hand-holding bullshit. And you figure it out and you play and you it was, it was challenging. Yeah. Times there was no you tutorial. Do. You play that and you get your shit killed, you get owned, and then you just keep doing it over and over again. To and it's fair, a blast. The, mm-hmm. for, as far as difficulty goes, I think I think it shared the spot with Ninja Gaiden as far oh, as like, yeah, yeah. hardening mm-hmm. our well, I mean, souls. There was a ton of NES games that, just NES games in general, were mm-hmm. ridiculous. But nowadays, not so much. Games that are reasonably hard. Easier but, than Contra. Yeah. Did you guys know <laughs> that like, Mega Man was uh, Capcom's first console exclusive game? No, no. They were uh, strictly arcade before that, mm. and uh, so they, you know, they got together a relatively small team, uh, six people, to uh, create the first Mega Man. The background on it is uh, Kaiji Inafune, um, who I mentioned earlier. He he was just out of college. He uh, started on the Street Fighter team, and uh, he got pulled in to design and illustrate almost all the game's characters and enemies, uh, and also render them as sprites. The character of Mega Man was uh, it was sort of it was co-created by uh, Inafune-san's mentor, Capcom senior member Akira Kitamura. He he created Rock's design before Inafune joined Capcom, but then Inafune came on and was just essential to like the core look and feel of Mega Man from the very beginning, all the way till when he left Capcom a number of years ago. So, who was responsible for the bad box art? <laughs> uh, that- uh, Capcom America. I believe, because it was completely different over in Japan. Japan oh, has yeah. some badass art. It's pretty it's cool It's like that with a lot of different franchises. But, but I actually, I thank them for that terrible art. I love it's a, it. It's amazing, it's terrible. It's so iconic at this and, point. And they mm-hmm. used the Mega Man from one of the terrible box arts in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. So it, it it, it, you mean, you mean um, uh, Capcom vs. Tekken? Yeah. Was Cap- it Capcom No, no, it was, it, was, it, was, it was Tekken X Street Fighter. Tex- Tekken X Street Fighter. Street Fighter and Lock I don't talk about Tekken. Yeah. But uh, the I think I think the the thing that's interesting about that cover, even though it's terrible, it, objectively terrible, oh, yeah. uh, is that is that it it, it filled a kind of uh, art niche at the time, which mm-hmm. which was which is very big in in uh, sci-fi books. Like you'd see it as cover art in uh, on a lot of 
you know, crazy uh, Flash Gordon style mm-hmm. uh, right. sci-fi novels, and and for, and that was enough for a lot of people. Like they they took a look at it and went, "Oh, it's a sci-fi shooter." Uh, exactly. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Like that. I mean, I, I mean, I think it, it obviously worked for him. The game was successful, but uh, I think that's kind of a cool little happy accident. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that they brought it back with uh, Mega Man Nine. Yeah. yeah, and ten. Yeah. And oh 10. God, the ten cover is amazing. <laughs> it's so good. But you you couldn't you couldn't realistically call that bad box art. Like yeah, it's it just badass box art. Yeah, it's, 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 it went from bad to badass yeah. box art. <laughs> it's like yeah. the it's like the the original poster of Star Wars. You know, it's yeah, really cool. Yeah. I just love it. it's like they always make him hold like a laser pistol or a gun. Yeah. Like, he clearly has a fucking cannon on his arm. Yeah. They never. <laughs> It's like, like he's also dude. like a human being, not not yeah, a he's, robot. He's a dude, like, he's just a dude in, in like a wetsuit. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, hey, guy. Doug, I thought it was Mega Man, not Mega fucking robot. Mega robot. <laughs> what mega the fuck? Robot. How how is the fighting, most mega I'm, of dudes a you. robot? When, when I'm when I'm playing Mega Man, I'm fighting for humanity. <laughs> No, I'm I'm killing the machines. I got to be a Mega Man myself. Well, yeah, you were playing. If you were playing in Japan, it was just called Rock Man. Yeah. you'd be like, "Why is that guy? Why does he look like a person? I thought he was supposed to look like a rock." Is it, isn't <laughs> like, Guts, he, Guts Man like, is really Rock Man? Like he's he lifts the rocks and throws them. <laughs> yeah, or you would just say you look like Rock. Like you have to look like the Rock Biter is what you'd be expecting. If you see, this game is about a Rock Man, and then I see something that either looks like Ben Grimm. Or the Brock Biter, <laughs> that makes sense. But if it looks like a dude holding a pistol, I'm like, what the fuck is he called Rock Man well, hey, for? Well, or maybe it's because the game came out in the 80s, mm-hmm. right? In the 70s, the film Rocky came out, and they wanted a plucky underdog, and they call him Rock the whole movie. It's a musical mm-hmm. motif. That's what the name well, is. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for ruining our fun with the, with the right answer. By the way, here's a, really here's a like, fact. I'm so sad that they didn't do that in the U.S. because I like it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I like the name Mega Man, but I really rock, like Rock blues. Man. Blues it, is bad. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't get to finish. So I treble said, and bass. But that with we had treble and bass. Over for a while, there. I was like, bass? His name's bass. It but over in, What was it in Japan if it wasn't treble and bass? It was, oh, oh, I know this. Oh, well, Forte and... Uh, Mozart. Gospel. Gospel and Forte? Yeah. Okay. Really? yeah I believe. Do you guys uh, do you guys know Man, some of the original <laughs> names that Capcom was considering for Mega uh, Man? The only the one I know is Rainbow Man. Yep. That's, 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 actually, actually, that's objectively a good name. For well, because he changes colors all the time yeah, with every weapon. You don't know that when you first start the game, so you're like, what is this? He doesn't... But then you find out, you're then, like, oh, it would oh, much more interesting oh, American I would, I would like to see the box art for Rainbow Man of, like, just this, this like, you know, probably the guy from the cover of the American Mega Man box, mm-hmm. but, like, in this sort of pose of of uh, just opening his arms and he's just this technicolor clusterfuck. That would have been awesome. This makes me think of just LJN games, which is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> the, the, the funny thing is, is, did you guys ever play the Turrican games on no. Genesis? They have like the same style of like Boris Vallejo, like uh, a super sci-fi thing. And the man is just wearing a silver suit, but it's like perfect silver. And he's holding a little ray gun. And it's just exactly, I don't know why. It's just, <laughs> just it, like the bad box art, basically. Yeah, like, so it, it evoked in me feelings of Mega Man. So I bought it, obviously, and then <laughs> put it in. Well, I mean, I, I asked my parents for it. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I popped it in the Genesis and was disappointed forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so, so, so then, what is, this, back to the question what is it about Mega Man? We described, all we really did was describe the game mechanic. It's not that he's a robot, because I didn't even know he was a robot when I played right. the first yeah, time. Yeah, he's a dude yeah. in underwear with a blue hat. Well, yeah. I mean, I think the, game mechanic, the game mechanic is what we like about Mega Man. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. But, think, but, like, is, but is there is there something deeper to it? Why the game mechanic itself has changed a little bit over the years, but like, what is it about it, it that keeps it people coming back? It changed and got horrible, but then they brought it back and it was amazing. I, I think... Opinion. I think the 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 thing is, I think that's enough. Like, I, I really do think that's enough. And then they kept the story so simple, right? Like, it's just two. I mean, originally Wiley didn't even look evil. He was just a guy with glasses, and he had like a bowl cut, a mustache, and, and whatever. Yeah, and he was and he was just a normal dude. And then they're like, no, we're we're making him 
Albert Einstein evil. Like, right, right. You mm. know, I, I think I think it's just the fact that the story is so simple. It's like, hey, he wants to take over the world. Go, go fight him. And that's good enough for people to put whatever they want on top. <laughs> it's, and it's, like it's by good. the time the second game came out, I know for me, I got kind of addicted to it because you're like, oh, there's new Mega Man game. There's eight new like robot masters. What kind of powers are they going to have? How are they? How am I going to use them? How cool and, are and they going to be? I didn't know. And it's much more confusing compared to the original Mega Man, like Fire Man. You you know what? You're like you're I'm using that shit on Ice Man. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Heat Man, <laughs> like Heat Man's a nuclear bomb. You know, it's not. It's it's. it's, it's like, who do I use Heat Man? So on? I guess it's it's establishing a very clean, clear gameplay mechanic, and then being like, now that you know how to do that, here's the same gameplay mechanic. But with different powers that you don't know what to do with, so it's like a constant, ever-changing puzzle. And this well, time, you can't just guess based on the name. Yeah, but, but yeah. it also, it also, uh, Mega Man Two, I think, was the real start of them deciding that not just the look of the level, but the mechanics of how the level plays has to depend on 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 the boss you're fighting, like Bubble Man. You're underwater, Air Man. I mean, I I shouldn't have to go into that. That was yeah. amazing. <laughs> uh, and 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 Crash Man, you're in the you're in the construction site, and all this stuff really matters for the kind of robots you're gonna fight mm-hmm. and, this, and this kind of thing. And I think that's where it really took it to eleven. Well, that's the thing too. It's like uh, when because uh, you, I remember playing. I think it was Big Man number nine or ten on on your PlayStation after mm-hmm. you downloaded them or whatever. I can't remember who it was because I don't remember the names of the robot masters for the two newest ones. But the one where you were on those magnet platforms that were spinning. Mm-hmm. And he, like, what was what was that one? I don't remember which which which. Where it's uh, like boss you're, 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 they look like batteries. Is it nine or ten? I mean, nine, yeah. it was nine or ten. There is a Gravity Man. Maybe it was you Gravity Man. UFO and floats. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah but, but, but it was Galaxy Man. But it was oh, like, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but earlier in the level, you jump on like those battery things, and all of a sudden, I see Mega Man do something I've never seen him before, which is flip upside down, yep. rotating on those things. And even then, <laughs> the game is new, but I felt like a young kid being like, "Oh shit, I've never seen that." Mm-hmm. Even though it's just a 2D platform, and when you, you know, and when he flips upside down, and you jump, you return back. Exactly, up. Yeah. yeah. That's like that kind of. Even though it was very, it seems simple, but in the moment playing it, it kind of blew my mind. Because the, 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 I don't know, it, it, it seemed like the the boss fight is its own mechanic, and then the level is designed around yeah. the concept, and like that alone was. I don't know. It's it's even not alone because you have to add Mega Man 2's music, which was mind blowing. Yeah, that's the one where um, they decided let's just make the greatest video game music of all time. Oh my God. I love and three it is. as my favorite. Like, Three's Gem- good too. Gemini. I know, I actually, I think I like three. Snake music. Man, Gemini. Oh my God. I, I, I like I it as much as two. Yeah. Man. <laughs> oh, that sounds a little Although dirty. Although three was ridiculously hard. <laughs> the uh, I, I think because um, really, as far as attention paid to video game music, I mean, we've got Legend of Zelda, which is really has like two. Good, memorable songs, and they're themes that you recognize throughout. Exactly, yeah, and, yeah, and they're yeah, just yeah. overworld stuff. But um, but then you go to um, uh, Mega Man, and there's no bad music. Mm-hmm. And at uh, Mega Man Two, and 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 the Mega Man series, I think was the last one to really feature the musician <laughs> until we get to Streets of Rage in the Genesis, like that. And and that was the first one that um, they actually put the composer in the actual credits title or whatever. Credits, yeah, 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 for the for the. Mm, I love Streets of Rage. Well, the other yeah. thing is, for, with the Mega Man music, it's like. There is a theme, but even the theme changes from Mega Man's theme changes from game to game. Like the title screen music changes, mm-hmm. and then like the only thing that seems to stay constant is Wily's theme a little. No, yeah, no, there's, it's the boss battle music or the run of the boss battle. There's thing, no but, like, set theme really for Mega Man no. itself. Right. And, but so Mega Man's theme is always changing. Proto Man's got that whistle that kind mm-hmm. of stays the same, but every. Every Robot Master has their own theme, and it just doesn't repeat. So it's like every time there's like a classic Robot Master theme. You ain't gonna hear it anywhere else. Like that's it. So I don't know if that contributes to it being kind of cool that you have to keep going back to it or what. But 
it just I don't know why is that unique? Like why why does this feel so unique compared to everything else? It's it's the it's the best. Out there of is it. no one <laughs> answer. I think why we love it. So it's much. just we so just solid. Do. It's just they it's perfect. You, can, you can't go to you can't. The only thing you can go to Mega Man and go they didn't do a lot of was just like it's like the story is not very strong. It's like who cares? Who it's cares? A, yeah, it's a game. It, it doesn't. Was, it was 1982. The story like, was great to me. The story was pretty good for what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I could understand it as like a six year old. So I mean, I'm pretty sure that's great. The point, but the point was just. It's a game. It's fun. Uh, it was the why, gameplay. They built it based on the gameplay. Exactly. Game yeah. You need to get to the end of this level because at the end of this level, there's a robot that's mean. Mm-hmm. So take him, take his powers. Mm-hmm. You know, Mega Man started out. It's got the the you know the numeric games. Then Mega Man X happened when they wanted to like freshen things up for the Super Nintendo. Uh, an incredible game. Really, my first experience with Mega Man playing it because I was familiar with Mega Man as a property, but I didn't actually own a system until the Super Nintendo. So that was where I got my real hands-on time with Mega Man and fell in love with the Mega Man X series. And of course, the, you know, the games that developed since then gone all in all kinds of crazy directions. Um, Mega Man Legends, Battle Network. Recently, Mega Man had sort of a rebirth with Mega Man 9 and 10, which was just absolutely fantastic. Retro-style games no one could argue with, just Super as good, good as the originals, <laughs> completely worthy successors. And the music was just as good. And, and, mm-hmm. and then yeah. the in- announcement of two earth-shatteringly cool-sounding Mega Man games, the long-awaited Mega Man Legends Aww. 3... And uh, I believe it was called Mega Man Universe, or what was it? Was, was that some? Con- yeah, no, it was I something think, like that. It was something I think like that's that. What where it was. Yeah. Oh, it looks so cool. It was. It was a game where you could play as literal. It was very ill-defined what it was exactly. It had an awesome little um, trailer. An incredible, incredible trailer. Uh, but the idea was you could literally play as any Mega Man ever, even the one from the American box <laughs> art. And it was some kind of online game. Um, yeah, it's and, universe. And Ryu was in there too. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Inafune-san was uh, was involved or behind some of these projects directly. And when he, uh, it's never been pub- uh, publicly made aware what exactly happened over at Capcom. But when he left, basically all those projects were locked up, and Mega Man has been well Getting a little stagnant. He really, yeah. Like. He discusses that a bit in his Kickstarter, Mighty Number no. Nine, about it, he it really like killed him that that project. Yeah, he, he wanted yeah. that project done more than anything. Um, and when they canceled it, just like tore him up, and he just couldn't deal with it anymore. And the problem is, we've been we've been used to a, a steady slew of Mega Man games, like really our, our whole lives. There like, were, yeah. you could argue there were too many at one point. They had so many coming out on Game Boy Advance. They, they, they had a whole bunch of we, them we, for we, DS. There there were tons of them at one point. We've never been want for Mega Man games. Mm-hmm. Like, and and then the moment they that 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 flow was interrupted. It's like the whole fan community just the pressure became unbearable. We, we he, here's kind of the weird right thing because like I had played Mega Man games when I was younger, but I wasn't very good at them, and I, I didn't really like them that much. I didn't really start to like Mega Man again until Marvel vs. Capcom two. Mm-hmm. When I would play, I could, like I would play as Mega Man. I wasn't very good as him, but I just I, something about it was really cool to me. Just like his character, and he would transform, and he, Rush would run in or whatever. But then, like they're like, oh yeah, there's not gonna be many, any more Mega Man games. It's all getting canceled, whatever, and then. It didn't really hit home to me until it was announced that for Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Mega Man wouldn't be in it. And I was just like, he's kind of the poster child for Capcom in that game. Like, him and Ryu, because it's like Spider-Man, Spider-Man and Mega Man were always like the two guys on every poster cover for the Marvel vs. Capcom franchise. And then for the third one, he's suddenly not there. And it's like, something's weird. It, it's true, because if you think the two most iconic characters from Marvel, you think Spider-Man, Wolverine. Mm-hmm. That's it. The, yeah, exactly. Game over. Exactly. The, if, you think, if you think the two most from Capcom, it's, it's, it's uh, Ryu and Mega Man, mm-hmm. and everybody else there is a side franchise. Like, those are your It, it was nice children. to get Tron Bond from uh, Mega Man Legends in yeah. Marvel vs. Mm-hmm. Capcom 3, mm-hmm. but 
it was weird because then you know it, I would just see it as well, just you know, well they wanted to do something different this time, so they yeah. had her and no you know, zeros in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but mm-hmm. then but then the persistence of Mega Man's absence in mainstream Capcom games was kind of like, whoa, okay, what's going on here? Right, exactly. right. I mean, but the good news is that uh, Capcom Unity, the people on the American side of Capcom, have said repeatedly, like, we hear you guys, we know. That you want you you want Mega Man back. We want him back too. You got him in They're Smash Brothers for you. Hard for us. <laughs> yeah, that's well, true. Not them, but <laughs> yeah, I mean his, his appearance general. in Smash Brothers is a big fucking deal. Yeah. It looks great. It, yeah. it looks perfect. So but isn't good. their lead developer for Mega Man gone now? Technically, yes. So yes, he is, and now that's why he's doing Mighty Number no. Nine. And of course, the, the the good news on the Capcom side of things for like you know uh, official Mega Man Capcom Unity and the the American Capcom team, they know that the fans want something and. They've put together this incredible collection of soundtracks. And so uh, that's why when we come back, we're going to be talking with Brett Elston uh, at Capcom Unity about the soundtracks, which he was instrumental in uh, putting together. Very cool, dude. Right now, we're going to uh, cut some music. We got a little number by Benjamin Briggs called Literally Metal Pirates. Um, (laughs) Is it it called Metal Pirates or Literally Metal Pirates? Literally Metal Pirates. (laughs) Uh, It's uh, an interpretation of some music from Mega Man 2, and this is uh, Benjamin Briggs.
With us on the phone is Brett Elston, Capcom's community manager over at Capcom Unity. Hey, what's up? Dude, you have given every Mega Man fan the best double gift of all time. I mean, you know, this <laughs> well, is speaking I, speculative. I, I, we, we don't know yet. It could be a smoldering disaster, but these Mega Man <laughs> albums look great. So I'm glad to hear you say it, because I mean, I, I know that this kind of strikes a specific niche of Mega Man fans, those who adore the music as much as the gameplay, but uh, it definitely came from a, a personal like place of love, so knowing that other people are that excited too like makes me glad that we stuck it out and, and made this happen. Well, as far as making it happen, obviously you must have been working on this for a while. How did these two albums come to pass? I guess it really started um, in January of this year. We had just finished up with the Street Fighter Cross Mega Man free download game that came out last December. It got an update in January. It's sort of a version two that um, fixed some bugs and added Sagat as a boss and stuff. So as we're wrapping that up, I'm like, what else can I probably try to do from a from a Capcom US specific? Like, what can I really do as a, as a community guy, as a guy with some contacts within the company? What can I make happen? And then in my just thinking... Well, I'm a huge game music fan, big overclock fan. I know some of those guys. I have some contact with a few of these bands. I wonder if it's even possible to arrange like a, a remix album or a couple of them or whatever. So I just and did this like initial reach out to uh, Larry and David at, at Overclocked and we're like, hey, you know, what do you guys think about this? And they're like, yes, please. That sounds awesome. <laughs> if you can let us know. And then I, you know, pinged uh, Protoman and uh, Mega Ran and the Megas and kind of started with them. And we're like, what do you guys all think about this? And everyone from the get go was like, yes, that would be great. So then I had to kind of shop the idea around internally. And, you know, you got to go through licensing. You got to go through a lot of legal matters because anybody who touches music and music licensing and anything involving all that is just paperwork, paperwork, procedure. Mm -hmm. So it's between talking to each of the bands, talking to the label of Overclocked, and then we're also working with something else who does a lot of game music soundtracks through uh, you know digital and physical releases. And Capcom has worked with them in the past, like for Dragon's Dogma CDs, and I think Dark Void and RE6 and Dead Rising, I think have soundtracks there too. I mean, that's a lot of, you know, cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. Yeah. So that's a lot of conversations, a lot of meetings, a lot of emails, paperwork, check, recheck. What did you mean by this? Oh, this. Okay, well, we're going to do this. And, you know, a lot of talk. So then that finally got us to the point where we are now, where we were far enough along that we wanted to announce it. And I wanted them to be two pretty different things so that it wouldn't be like, oh, there's just two albums. It's like the overclock thing has a, has a scope and then the something else band one has its own scope as well. The Overclocked record, For Everlasting Peace, 25 Years of Mega Man, it deals specifically with the first games in each Mega Man series, which is a pretty interesting way to go about it. What led to that specifically? Yeah, that was um, actually, I think that was my original like idea for the album was I want to do this because the, the bands I knew tend to focus on classic and X because that's kind of what the widest possible audience would know is Mega Man X music and classic Mega Man. So I'm like, that's what they're going to cover. I know Bit Brigade and X Hunters, they're going to they're going to cover classic and X. Same with, um, you know, Mega Man and Arm Cannon. And we know Protoman kind of do their own thing, but it definitely pulls from classic uh, Mega Man stuff. So with Overclock, I'm like, well, we don't need more just classic and X. So I want to do this. But then what's a way to like filter this? And I just, I just thought like, well, how about just the first game? Because that at least lets artists focus in and actually really choose to have some guidance. Because if you just say, dude, do whatever from all of Mega Man, it's like, dude, that's kind of overwhelming. <laughs> and so when I went to, I was actually at PAX East is when I kind of first like physically 
was able to in person talk to everyone about this. And I remember us kind of hanging around the Capcom booth there with uh, like four or five overclock people, and we're just hanging out. And I'm like, so what do you guys think about this? And I mean, as as creators, they were like, oh, that's we we love it. Like that's such a great way to focus this what could have been a daunting task and be like, no, just look at Battle Network one and Star Force one and zero. And then they later came back and were like, hey, we should do ZX as well as its own thing. And I I'd kind of considered it part of like a further extension of zero, but you know, all they did was like make a case for it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Let's just do ZX also. Um, so <laughs> that was, that was them kind of going, let's, you know, let's separate this out because it's got great music too. And I'm not going to argue with them. So that's how we ended up with that. I assume with all that, there's a lot of niche Mega Man heartstrings that are getting plucked here. Maybe some, uh, some games that have been sort of neglected in the remix community that are going to get some well-deserved attention. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, I pay attention to game music as, you know, it's like this huge passion of mine since I was a kid. And therefore, being like a 32 year old, I may not look at Battle Network soundtrack or, or even the Legend soundtrack with as much misty eyed nostalgia as others might. <laughs> but that's just because of, you know, I was born in 1980. So I grew up like classic and X are like the things I idolize. But to other people, it's like Legends was their thing they fell in love with, or, or, or Zero was the thing that made them a Mega Man fan. So knowing that specifically things like Legends and Battle Network, I don't see a whole lot of remixes. So it was nice to see them represented. I mean, you're totally right, like letting them get a moment to shine. And I actually have heard the Legends tracks, and they're all three, like, awesome. Like, they're just, like, even if you don't know the Legends music just on their own are, like, great pieces of music. I don't know if anything's been officially announced yet. Is there any uh, hint you can give as to whose remixing prowess is going to be on display in this album? Actually, oh, I have a list. I just I don't have it in front of me, so I can't. I I do know the answer, but I think maybe Overclocked is wanting to kind of reveal that. Uh, I think we were going to do a couple of blog posts, maybe, and like lay out the track list, and then also the remixers, and then reveal it that way. Stay tuned, kids. Know, I'm trying to think if there's anyone I can. It's kind of on them to maybe reveal it, I suppose. But yeah, there's definitely names people will recognize if you keep up with with OCR. You'll be like, oh, cool. Awesome. Dude, you're responsible for bringing a brand new Proto Man track into the world, which is uh, no small achievement. They yeah. have, they, that's something they struggle with. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, there, was, there was a moment during Pax Prime, this most recent one that wrapped up with El Corazon, where they played this show in Seattle right after Pax was over that Monday night. And they kind of teased that we're going to play this new song. And they played it on the Pax stream as well. And they were, but they were a little bit more vague about where it came from. They had this new song built to last and mm-hmm. they played it on the stream. And then people on YouTube talking about like, oh, where did this come from? And is this off Act 3? And we're not sure. But then that that Monday night show, uh, they're just like, hey, pay attention to Capcom's community website about this next song. And they play and everyone's like, what, 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 what? And <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't like totally prepared that they were going to be so like on the nose about it. But I was like, okay, that's, that's fine with me. <laughs> but then it, halfway through the song, when, when I saw like everyone... I mean, it's a, it's a kick-ass song. So then watching watching this being played live, a new song, everyone in the room is loving it. And to know that I did not write the song, I did not create the song, I have no musical prowess whatsoever, but even in like the smallest capacity, feeling like I helped that moment happen made me super happy and made like the last eight months of a lot of, you know, toil and a lot of behind the scenes work that just has to happen to make anything come to reality. It made me feel pretty good. But also, I mean, big shout out to Proto Men. They didn't have to give us a brand new song. And they <laughs> were like, they're like, yes, like we, this is awesome. Like we have this song and we want to give it to you. And that's, I mean, couldn't have asked for a better, better way to kick off that album. Yeah, dude, seriously, as Mega Man fans, perhaps even neglected Mega Man fans out in the community, you know, this sort of thing is 
a heck of an offering and uh, one that I think everybody can totally get behind. I mean, seriously, like no Capcom shilling aside, like that makes me feel like really good knowing I want to cuss a lot right now, how good it makes me feel. So <laughs> I know it. It's just awesome knowing that people, you know, the internet can be a very, can be a very damaging place for you. <laughs> so it's just nice. Uh, it's very cool knowing that. I mean, for one, it's just really cool knowing like, I mean, growing up, like game music was not a thing. It was this, what are you listening to weirdo? Stop it. And then seeing over over time, like overclocks become what it's become over the years, seeing things like video games live continue to normalize and popularize game music as, as a legitimate thing. So then putting out something like this album and knowing, like watching Im- immediately the reaction of these people who follow these bands, who follow Overclocked, and knowing that other people feel the same way I do about this stuff is like, I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why I want to work at Capcom. That's why I wanted to do this, is bring, you know, a little bit of fan perspective. And I was like, dude, if I was a fan, this is the exact kind of thing I would want to see. So I want to do what I can to make it happen. Very well, awesome. You said before you are a fan, and that's, I think, important because you said growing up, video game music wasn't a thing but really one of the most instrumental games in creating video game music was Mega Man 2 yeah it's the the standard by which all games are judged <laughs> so yeah, like, pretty pretty much uh, I mean I, that's not, definitely not tuning our own horn because I mean I was what like 8 when that came out yeah, exactly. so I certainly can't, uh, can't shill something when I was 8 years old I mean Wiley won and, and obviously that's the track that I think might have been for a lot of people the first time as a kid you go God damn, why is this so like this is really good? Like, you, mm-hmm. you know, I, maybe you thought Woodman had a really cool, strong opening <laughs> with the drums, and maybe you noticed like Menace Quickman song is kind of somber and sad. That's kind of neat. But then that Wiley song is the one where you're like, wow, this is like all hands on deck, call to arms. This is like super intense and it made you feel super accomplished. And like you, you've done it. You beat those bosses that before seemed impossible. And then I feel like that might have been a lot of people's gateway song or gateway game to really appreciating game music. For me, it was Double Dragon, the title screen. I remember being like second or third grade. And I think that's the first song I recall like humming in the playground or something when I wasn't playing the game. I'd be like, man, when I go home, I'm just going to turn it on just to listen to the song. <laughs> and that kind of led me down this path of uh, holding up a boombox to a TV and just recording cassettes of like off-air terrible versions of like the Sonic soundtrack. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm not alone in that. I was wondering, did anyone else just like put on a game and record a song and then just be like, totally keep playing it back yep. over and over? Yep. yep, totally did that. Oh man, nerds! <laughs> All of you nerds! I feel like we have to give some credence though to the to the title screen of Mega Man Two though. Oh, I mean, yeah. like Wily. Oh, you know, for sure. Wily one too, but then like you know, it's very. It tells you that this your spirit you're gonna experience something a little different yeah exactly because <laughs> it starts off very standard video game music mm-hmm. and then i'm on board I mean, from then all, on and, and that flows right into for me the mega man 3 title screen which is like this beautiful oh, yeah. yeah starts really like thoughtful ponderous thing and then goes into this like incredible place and that all one is static title screen with no animation and no graphics it's just like this is incredible <laughs> every once in a while some website somewhere does like the top greatest video game music ever and there's yeah. always the same, like, there's always Mario, there's always Zelda, there's always something on there. But there's always multiple Mega Man songs. I can't yeah. really and think of, of yeah. another t- top list that has multiple songs from the same franchise. It used to be you'd see a lot of Chrono Trigger and a lot of, like, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy mm-hmm. stuff in there. But as the years wear on, I think, in a way, I'm kind of sad to see some of those songs fall off those lists. But it, it does seem like Mega Man music seems to bear time better or at least stay in the public consciousness a little easier. But I do know, like, I think through Overclock, if you go by the number of remixes, it's like Chrono Trigger's still up there. But Mega Man 2 definitely, like, probably one of the top five of 
of, of all time just by sheer math. You don't even have to use any kind of like, well, I think it's like, no, like do the numbers. The number of people talking about this outweighs the next 10 games combined, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Brett, as a Capcom community manager, what have you seen as far as like your interaction with the fans and fan outpourings? What's the thing that's like really just wowed you like nothing else? Man, it's really hard to... I should have had an answer prepared for this. Um, but it's still a sore subject, but even seeing like the Legends 3 rocket project continue and like just the love and effort they're putting into it, like that's still a, a touching like thing to remind people like, hey, this is still going on. And we have another community manager, Greg, uh, Greg Moore, who actually, you know, Legends was very much his thing. So knowing that like a lot of the people from 100,000 Strong have like kept in touch with us. And even though there's a lot of animosity, a lot of anger, even two years later, still, still a very very, very touchy topic. Um, the people who actually run those things and organize them are awesome and are completely friendly and polite. And I've met them in person and we shake hands, we hash it out. And like, uh, and just knowing that like, no, when people get together and talk face to face, it's a completely different thing than forum avatars or tweets back, back and forth. <laughs> like, it's a completely different thing. So that's really won my heart. And then also, it's not Mega Man related, but becoming kind of a Monster Hunter convert this year, I, I really avoided the series for, uh, avoid's a strong word, but I just didn't care. I didn't play. It sounded cool, and I'm sure it was fine, whatever. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, this year I got turned on to it, and I mean, I'm completely psycho nuts about Monster Hunter now, and, and seeing that fan base, which I normally never really paid much attention to, because we have a dedicated Monster Hunter guy, Yuri, who's lived and breathed Monster Hunter since the PS2, <laughs> but we've had all these events in the building, and through community, we were able to hold like we called them community colleges and like taught people how to play (laughs) like in the the capcom building like and that's to me like that was like the epitome of what capcom unity capcom community should be doing is we had these events in the building like we're in san mateo california it was like hey come come to our building come to our office hang out we're gonna buy pizza soda we're gonna put up a tent we're gonna put bring a photo op we're gonna make replica weapons just come hang out for five hours on a saturday and play monster hunter all day why am i not there (laughs) why are we not invited to this <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, there's another one coming up soon, I think in October. But I mean, they are local. They're always at our office in California. But Monster Hunter did make the rounds all year. So like going to both PAXs, we'll be at New York Comic Con. Just seeing that community, which is, you know, one of the most patient and understanding. You know, we're, we always lag behind Japan by several months, if not measured in years, waiting for localizations or translations of the games. And the appetite for Monster Hunter in Japan is so big that, you know, you can afford and justify to have a lot of releases side by side whereas the u.s we need like one game we can push very strongly um and get it and get into people's hands three ultimate was it was a really good call because the reaction has been very strong but but meeting all these fans at all these shows to see this this fan base that totally understands how much work has to go into bringing a game like that over watching it grow watching it get more popular and seeing how patient all these fans are like that's just a nice like reaffirming your faith in humanity that everyone is not a, a tasmanian devil screaming in a corner somewhere Brett, what do you feel is the most underrated Capcom game? Oof. Man, that's tough to pick one. Monster Hunter! (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, as far as the West goes, probably Monster Hunter. It's like the most bang for your buck. This is like Capcom dev team at its finest, making probably one of the best games Capcom has ever made, and they do it every year. And why doesn't more people in America play this? But if I dig back, I mean... I have this weird soft spot for PN3, product number three from uh, Mm -hmm. GameCube. It's not the best game by any (laughs) means, but it's just so weird and fun. And that character design is really goofy and, and, and fun to play. 
that's just this weird Capcom game. I totally beat it on every difficulty, got every costume. I mean, I did everything with it. And it was the idea of a game with not stylish offense, but stylish defense, where it's all about avoiding attacks and looking cool while you do it. Like, that's just such a fun, kind of a one-note idea, but it really stuck with me. And I played that, like, for no end. And then, of course, give shout-outs to things like God Hand, and I know oh, the NES Strider you know, usually gets compared to the Genesis or the Arcade Strider, and it's always like, oh, that one sucks. But we've got this guy, same guy, Greg, is a huge proponent of the NES Strider, and the more you dig into it, you're like, actually, yeah, this game is, is remarkably... I don't want to say ahead of the time for when it came out, but it was remarkably competitive and with it. And too often gets compared to the Genesis or Arcade one when it's like, actually, there's a reason it was doing something different, and that makes it really cool. What character do you play as most, or what is your favorite Street Fighter character? Always Blanca. That's <laughs> 19, 1991 arcade. I, I mean, I guess I was 10 when it came out, but I played it in the bowling alley. I was every week spent my $2 playing Street Fighter 2, and as a 10-year-old, as a I mean, I have this vague memory of being there and, like, flipping through each character and going, like, boring karate man, boring girl, boring <laughs> sumo wrestler, boring brother guy, green monster man, I'm, I'm down, and then, like, selecting that guy, and then that was it, and then... Street Fighter 4 and Blanca came back with the rest of the World Warrior cast and I jumped back in with 4 and 4 is definitely when I actually bothered to actually learn how to properly play Street Fighter because everything before that was just <laughs> just spamming it and spamming the electricity on on, uh, on Street Fighter 2 biting people's heads oh yeah definitely definitely in the two days but since then in 4 I've I've learned to uh, to play a little bit better it's actually I mean in a roundabout way I met Seth Killian through one of my press tours because I did the games journalist before this so I met Seth doing Street Fighter 4, you know, press coverage, and then we hit it off because I'm like, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. And he was like, wow, this press guy is okay. And <laughs> over the years, we just hung out, talked, and then, uh, you know, four years later, he's like, so you seem to really love Capcom stuff. Why don't you come over here? I'm like, please, please do. What is your favorite robot master? Uh, Magnet Man from Mega Man 3. Not really sure why, other than I just always love the idea that a robot would have a magnet on its head when that should be like constantly erasing his brain or whatever. Right. Like, it's uh, he's a he's basically a robotic mean? drug addict. Yeah, like it just seems like this self defeating thing. Like as soon as you turn this guy on, you're like, oh right, it's just this is bad. But the, the fact yeah. that he works and you're playing as a robot, how do I fight a magnet? Like, there's no way. Yeah. Isn't he just basically going to be Magneto at some point and destroy all the other robots? Like, <laughs> That's why he's angry. No one can love him. Welcome to die. Now, um, I, know, I know you said you uh, like playing as a monster in fighting games. Does that mean that you have a special place in your heart for Darkstalkers? Darkstalkers is, is weird in that I always admired it from afar. Like it, in the arcades, it was always the game that was there and it was next to Super Street Fighter 2 or Alpha or MK2. And then I was like, man, that game always looks super cool. And I was like, I'm, man, one of these days I'm going to start playing as that wolf <laughs> character, Tal Bane. And then came the PS1 and I had enough money to get one game and it was like early 96, I think. And Street Fighter Alpha came out for PS1 and then Darkstalkers came out for PS1 and they were pretty close, I think, in release. It was close enough that I had to make a decision. And when you're that age and you have like very finite resources, that decision will often define you in weird ways you won't realize. <laughs> like the decision of whether or not you bought Final Fantasy 2 or Zelda 3, uh, you know, to the past, could have decided whether you became a Final Fantasy fan or a Zelda fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's so true. I bought Street Fighter Alpha, did not buy Darkstalkers, and then, you know, never really touched Darkstalkers after that. So then when Resurrection came out, you know, by that point we had Peter 
combo fiend in the office and having him and Nidel uh, in here to kind of actually show you the ropes and explain because I've always just loved you. I mean, you're right. The character design, the look of everyone in Darkstalkers, I love it. I just never really got a chance to dig into it. Tacking back to uh, the Mega Man albums, uh, Mega Man 25, Mega Man Rocks, you got the new song by the Proto Man, a new song by Arm Cannon and X Hunters. In the blog you posted, you also said you got uh, re-recorded tracks from the Megas and Bit Brigade. What can you tell us about those re-recorded tracks? I'm still trying to like find out precisely what's gone because I don't have the, like the master tracks yet, and something else is actually handling a lot of that actual. Since again, I have no musical anything. I'll say talent <laughs> or even even the ability to like you know produce the album when it when actually when they get the tracks and arrange it into an album that you put up for on iTunes or whatever. Something else is helping with that. So. My understanding is that it was a combination of like, oh, you know, they didn't have time to record new songs. Not every band would because the time constraints were definitely present. And if you're already touring or already have like prior obligations or a day job, it's like, you know, getting in a studio and recording a new song is not easy. Yeah. It's super time consuming. Protoman were gracious enough to give us one. Mega Ran has one and Arm Cannon gave us some X Hunters. Say Omegas and Bit Brigade, I believe we're re-recording and kind of like touching up existing recordings slash handpicked some of their favorite songs from their existing work. What I'm not sure is what, what actually is going on the albums when they're done, because I mean, we're still <laughs> on this phase where we've announced and it's basically finished, but we're kind of still getting the last pieces of the puzzle put together. Right. So when it actually comes together, my understanding is that they've re-recorded things they already had, but some of them might actually be, you know, you've heard this on another album, but here it is because they wanted to put their best work forward and be like, hey, if this is going to be like a big sampler or a big chance for new exposure, we want to put those songs out there. So hopefully I can clarify that in the next week or so. That's something I often look forward to when a band re-records some of their earlier work after, you know, years yeah. of touring and sharpening their skills and everything. I mean, the Mega's first record compared to the Mega's most recent record, it's night and day. So I'm really right. en enthused at the idea that they might be redoing some of their older work to make it sound as awesome as the new stuff. That's great. That's why I hesitate to say that is what's happening because right. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. <laughs> but that's my understanding. And then even, I'm, I guess we'll, we'll probably get into the actual revealing of the track list probably in a couple of weeks, I think, because it's out this year and this, like, next month, basically, like late October, probably. So it's, it's very close. Yeah, nice. Um, um, but even even the other songs that are on there, like Proto Man has Built to Last, which is the new song. But then also they have two other songs on there as well. And the names you'll recognize, but it may not be the form that is readily available, I'll say, Ooh. to buy somewhere. Okay. So like an, an extra little tidbit that's like, oh, if you already know their work, like here's an extra something to sprinkle on top. That's very that exciting. I'm, I don't don't even know entirely what that means, but I'm already excited. <laughs> yeah, I probably like stumbled over that myself. But uh, <laughs> basically, what happened is they said, "Oh, this is the song we want." I'm like, "Awesome! One of my favorite songs. Love it." And then I just thought, "Cool, we have that song." And they're like, and then talking to them, like, "Oh, wait, no, it's actually insert description here." I'm like, "Oh, wow, that's actually much cooler from the prospect of of selling a product." It's cool knowing, oh, Proto Men, Mega Ran, they picked some songs they liked, but oh, there was this extra little twist at the end that was like, okay, that's, as, as someone trying to push a product at the end of the day, crass as it may sound, it's like that makes it a way more compelling offering when you're asking for money. That's right. a really cool of thing course. to add in there. Fans can submit artwork for either of these albums. Yes, that's a, it's two contests. The, the rules and stuff are on capcommunity.com. We'll link to it um, on this episode's page, so... All you got to do is go to okay. this episode's page and you can find these links. Basically, there's, a, there's an art contest for both albums. There's two winners. There's one winner for the Overclocked album and then one winner for the Something Else album. And since the albums themselves have different scopes, the album art 
uh, should reflect that as well, which the overclocked one is kind of a jam piece, an ensemble cast of all the Mega Man characters from each of those spinoffs. So you want Mega Man, you want X, you want Volnut, you want EXE, and, and you go on down the line. But then the something else, you know, band album is more of a classic and X character in some kind of musical themed scene. You've seen something similar to that probably with the Japanese uh, albums like We Are Rockmen and things like that. But this is a chance for the U.S. community to kind of be a part of the albums, but then also a chance for us to deliver that kind of product. Because it's not unheard of to have these kind of albums put out in Japan, uh, specifically Capcom Japan putting them out for Mega Man stuff, whereas Capcom US, like this is, we've never done this before. So being able to, one, deliver that with a, you know, a Western audience in mind and then also let fans be a part of it in some way is kind of this like best of both worlds. Yeah, Brett, I mean, thank you so much for arranging these albums. We cannot wait to hear them. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. I mean, thanks for reaching out. And uh, it sucks because I'm going to be in Orlando twice this month. And then I know you guys are doing this thing in, in October. And I'm like, damn it. Like, I haven't been to Orlando probably since 1990. And now I'm going to be there twice in one month. And then a month later, this awesome thing is happening with a bunch of bands I want to see. (laughs) Thanks a lot for, for having me and for reaching out. I really appreciate it. All right, so let's cut to a track, a cover of Guile's theme from a Street Fighter II uh, album by a brand new musician called uh, Yoga Fire, new to the video game music scene. It's, the track's called A Long Nightmare, but it is, it is Guile's theme. So, it, so this, is, this is a cover of Guile's theme? So is it safe to say it would go really well with this episode? Might as well. We're serving up some steaming hot cups of Capcom right now, so... I think uh, if it's a long nightmare, I would say uh, that nightmare is of going home and being a family man. <laughs> <laughs>
the protoman on the line. Which protoman do we have on the line? Which, Which protoman? protoman? That didn't work. Okay, that didn't work. Wait. Uh, Murphy is here. Commander is here also. And Raul Panther the Third is here as well. As well. And that's all. Well, that's all. That's all you can. You get only tonight. get one third of us tonight. So really? the only ones that can make it to the Denver airport. So we only. <laughs> <laughs> We're all, we only get the third string, uh, Raul Panther. <laughs> it's true. It's true. My father and his father before him, they were great men, but you're stuck with me. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> we'll make do. I heard that rumor that the original was actually a panther. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's, and the stage show was awful. <laughs> no singing, and people just got mauled. It was really the worst decision the Proto Man ever made. So, our third singer was right, you. Right. <laughs> it was actually eaten by the first singer. Right. right. Oh, wait, okay. do you have, wait, do you have to eat the previous singer to become the new singer? It's like Highlander, but grosser. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. At least it's not like cat people, the 1982 cat people, where... Oh, that came... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody cringed. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. I, mean, I think Highlander is pretty gross when you start thinking of where he puts that sword away. Yeah, that's a hell of a soundtrack. It is, though, yeah. Well, you can't, can't argue with Giorgio Moroder, can you? Uh, anyhow, we're, we're here because we've got to talk about Mega Man uh, and Man Mighty Number no. 9. You know, finally, after a certain lull in the, the Mega man averse, more stuff is happening right now and you guys are sort of in the middle of all of it you got this new track coming out in uh the mega man 25 mega man rocks album uh built to last that you debuted at pax there's been this sort of discourse between you guys and the mighty number nine camp about somehow getting involved with that project i don't know if it's an official discourse they're doing their thing and we're continuing to do our thing and if the paths cross if our things get doing together then we'll see yeah, dreams crossed. That'd be neat. I, I, saw, I saw the tweets, but then I also listened to the Mighty Number no. Nine podcast, wherein the team that's actually running the Kickstarter were uh, more than a little adamant about uh, trying to make that happen. No, I haven't, haven't, haven't heard that. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing. If if something happens, then we won't be opposed to it. Yes. Okay. Or will we? You will let yourself or create won't music. We? For it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we would, I think we'd certainly like to support that project any way we can. I, I heard that uh, you guys actually knew about it before Fangamer were even aware of it. Uh, Ooh, is that no, true? That, that, that can't be true. That, that really, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, Fangamer I had to know months in advance. We, yeah, it's one of these things, man. Right. Uh, oh. I will say that we did know in advance. We did know. We, we knew something was coming. They uh, were pretty tight-lipped about it, though. The first, the first words we heard were, we can't tell you what it is, but something is coming. Yeah, yeah that's about that kind of thing. It's ominous. <laughs> it's like, it's and the weird thing is they told us that like 11 years ago. So it's really been a long time coming. That's the reason why we started this band, really. Right. <laughs> something was going to happen. You so were we, wrong. It was an evil circus the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. Obviously, uh, the bulk of your work has been devoted to you know, telling a very dramatic rock opera story uh now you're adding some different elements to the work that you produce like built to last uh, for the capcom uh, Mega Man album is uh you know not part of your canonical story it's purely a song about Mega Man. Well, we've kind of been doing that for a while we had, we started that with uh beards going nowhere several years ago i mean how many years ago that was like 2007? 2008 2008 yeah we did that jam in 2008 and it was outside of the 
normal story. Right. Uh, still kind of tied in with everything, but not directly, you know, not part of an act, if you will. It was a song we actually did for a, uh, a movement that uh, sort of came and went. I, I don't know if they're really still doing it. There was a thing there was a thing that got started I don't know, two thousand five. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a beard growing thing. A beard four growing month, four month beard. Not a competition, growing. but it was like an art project where everybody took pictures <laughs> was growing a beard for <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what this conversation <laughs> is about. <laughs> <laughs> so got beards and creating music for a beard movement. It all sounds good. That's that's yeah. I mean yeah. That, I mean nobody else was writing songs for. It. We just we became a member of it in the year when they did it, uh, November two thousand seven till February two thousand eight. The entire band, the entire band, grew tried to grow beards for four. <laughs> Except for Panther. Well, I tried. <laughs> And they kick you off the site if you don't post your beard picture, uh, what, at least once a week once or something week. like that. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like it. But by the end of it, uh, I think only three or four of us lasted in the band. But the whole band kind of went as an account, so yeah. to say. Wow. Yeah, no, it, was a, it was a fun thing. And this is kind of the same thing where we just kind of got involved with the project. And, you know, Brad Elston was pushing beyond anything I've ever seen to get this project off the ground because he's just been trying to get anything done in the Mega Man world over Capcom. Yeah. And this was like his, you know, this was his baby. This was his pet project that kind of got close to getting canned quite a few times. And he kept pushing and kept pushing and finally made it through it. And if he didn't do all that, you probably wouldn't be hearing a new jam from us. You know, you wouldn't hear this song if it wasn't for him. So thank him, I guess. But we, we, we did. did. Actually. <laughs> we did. Yeah. You hate yeah unless you hate the jam. Then you punch him right in the tip. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Actually, I want to I wanna ask you about Beards Going Nowhere. You guys just toured Australia, and uh, you got this beard song. I, I recently was uh, solicited a, a, a record out of Australia from a band called The Beards, and basically they produced an entire album that is essentially yeah. Beards Going Nowhere, the album. It's every yeah. single thing. Yeah. And had beautiful music. Yeah, we know they are. Yeah, yeah we've, we've heard of them. Uh, we tried to get a tour going with them for this past time, but it just didn't work out. Hopefully we can talk to them at some point and maybe get something going. Make a beard tour. Yeah, we like them a lot. They're very entertaining. Yeah, we just need to get uh, Valiant Thor to join and then they'll be complete. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy talk. Yes. And we'll put a big beard on Panther every night. Ooh. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> Did you do that Nerdapalooza? I've had big beards on me many times in my life. Yeah, you have. Sorry, we're just talking about beards over here. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Uh, built to last. I, I've heard. I've heard the clip over at the uh, the long overdue article about you guys over on Wired. They have a, a clip of the um, the studio version of Built to Last, but also the uh, Pax version is up online. And did the, did the clip give you a headache? <laughs> no, you know it was all right. I enjoyed it. Okay. Should, should it have? Was there like um, some kind of codes in yeah, there? It's just very, uh, very choppy and very ridiculous. And no timing sense of yeah. jumps at all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I almost had an aneurysm, but I thought it was out of excitement. <laughs> you were wrong. You were wrong. <laughs> guys, um, when I was listening to Built to Last, I couldn't help but think, this sounds like you guys took a, a cue from uh, Neil Young and his uh, song We Are in Control from the record Trans back in the early 80s. Man, oh, man, I don't know that record now. I mean, I might have heard that jam. I'm probably almost certainly sure I've heard that jam. But 
I don't think. Who's the Neil Young aficionado in the band? We don't really have. Uh, they have the, uh, Ringo. Ringo. Yeah. Ringo and, and uh, that would have been. That would be out of his range, like, though. Would have been Scarto years ago. Yeah, yeah. Scarto is a huge Neil Young fan. More than likely, that was inadvertent. Okay. Almost certainly, that yeah. was inadvertent. When you hear the full song, you might not think the same. Yeah. It's it's mostly the it's the mostly the beginning part the uh, the robot voice call and answer. Oh, sort of I see. Does Neil Young do that? He has a vocoder. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, you hey, if you guys haven't heard this album, knowing the music that you like, uh, you'd probably be all over it. He made a uh, a big scary uh, new wave robo album that is completely <laughs> out of circulation. He won't he won't reissue it. It's called Trains. What do you have to do? Just torrent it or something or? Yeah, or, yeah, or you know, go to a record shop. It's Sorry. called Trans, like as in Am? Yeah. <laughs> All right. And it's got a kick-ass cover. I'm looking up Neil Young transsexual album, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this cover. <laughs> it's it's pretty great, man. actually. That's upsetting, because that's almost exactly the cover that was, oh, no. All right, we're going to rip this cover off. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, we're all looking at it's it like now. You're gonna rip the cover off, then you're gonna, oh. then you say, "Let's rip off the first couple seconds of that song." Then nothing else is the same. <laughs> we literally <laughs> just we, we broke all the rules just for the cover. It's, it's like Blade Runner meets Miami Vice. <laughs> it's, it's badass. It's this, and the rumors. You're the proto men are gonna cover Neil Young, and it's just like, no, no, no. It's the Neil Young cover. It's, it's like, so Neil Young's covering the proto men. It's like no. So when Cap brought up, I haven't heard the the built to last song yet, but like when he says it sounds like Neil Young, I was like, I was imagining a song that you wrote that was like 15 minutes and sounded like Cortez the Killer. <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not beyond that. We we can still come out. Wow. Yeah, that's that's, uh, so that's depressing. We we actually were going to rip it off before we knew we were going to rip it off. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> you just showed us that. That's beautiful. I'll listen to the full album on YouTube. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> let's do that now. Yeah, let's. <laughs> Oh my god. Track three? No, that's what he was talking yeah, about. That's what he said. We that's are in that's control. What I thought we were Holy about. shit. What? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are just going to have to bear with us for a second. We're about to play a bit of We Are In Control. You have enlightened us. Thank I you. clearly misjudged Neil Young. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, all right. What's yep. next? All right, yeah. Here's what's next. Um, <laughs> it's like so. Neil Young may be in control, but the Proteman will keep you safe. That was uh, clever. <laughs> um, so recently, Terminator the Second finally announced some new activity. I hear that the score is actually going to come out sometime this year. Oh, is it? Oh, is it? <laughs> okay. I think we can actually tell you all of this information. Uh, yeah, it's actually coming out on November 1st mm-hmm. from Excellent. their website, TerminatorTheSecond.com. Excellent. And you can download it you for a very it. low price. Fantastic. You can get a combo of the play or video and the audio and the, at yeah, the same the time. Yeah. So, and it's not like we just took the... It's not like we did Smashing Pumpkins V Euphoria and Audio Euphoria or Audio whatever it's called, uh, where they took a video they released and they said, "Well, let's just put an audio version of this." And they took the video and ran it to like you know I don't know 
recorder of some sort and just took the audio and put this. It's not that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> An actual yeah. soundtrack where we went through and took the songs from the play and, you know, gave you the, you the high res version of them, so to say. And then you added some of the play action talking and scene and put and added it in together and kind of made it a cohesive concept album on its own. So that's fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that. I think Neil Young would never have thought to do it. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is going to stay with you till the day you die. <laughs> Neil Young now. <laughs> No, I, I really wanted to come out and see Terminator the second, but I couldn't make it. So um, that's awesome that it's going to be uh, available in video and audio form. I know, what did you guys' score for the play actually like sound like? What, what could a Protoman fan expect when they pick up this album? Uh, well, different. Different, yeah. It's, it's more along the lines of the original Terminator soundtrack idea, like that kind of it's very synth-heavy, but it still has a lot of orchestral stuff built into it. Now, it's kind of a weird mash of things yeah. i can tell you you'll hear a lot of awesome synth drone if you like yeah. synth drone you like love the it. same <laughs> note over and over again that's the only way i can get to sleep at night <laughs> record it's the song it's, it's what my mother used to sing to me <laughs> did, her, did her mother make a sound like a french horn <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, objectively, but it, you know, <laughs> it never got quite close. This was the 80s. <laughs> yeah, it's, Wasn't uh, perfect, but it was pretty good. It was know. good. I mean, when I say when I say French horn, we know what I really mean. Like, you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> the sound. The sound of what I really mean. Not, not a move. Not a special move. <laughs> All right, uh, all righty uh, there. Uh, <laughs> I will say it is very it's it's different than a regular Protoman record in that it's not a bunch of somewhat pop jams. You know, it's a it's it's more it's it's certainly more a score album than it right. is a soundtrack album. Yeah, cool. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I do fucking think that's cool. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I like your work. Guys, so November first, and they're actually doing a screening here in Nashville. Uh, the Wednesday is it Wednesday. The Tuesday, the Tuesday before. before October twenty second. Okay, uh, so at a full theater here called the Bell. <laughs> So fly from fly directly from Orlando after seeing the Proto Man at Nerdapalooza, and, uh, <laughs> exactly. and straight to Nashville. To go to Nashville, take advantage of Taco Tuesday, and go see Terminator the Second. Exactly. Have a layover in Denver. <laughs> that would be the worst layover. You go from Orlando to Nashville. You have to stop in Denver. <laughs> you have to stop in Denver. And then uh, hang out through the weekend, and we're doing a uh, we're doing a show that also is going to involve screening on uh, the first of November. Yeah, it'll be a good show. The basically before we play, there will be a screening of the movie, and then we play. Cool. As oh, by the, by the way, uh, I want to go ahead and just say this. Okay. We're in the movie, so bam. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nobody even knows that. Yeah, I've said it in the mailer. Oh, okay, thing. okay. I've told everybody we're the you be ready for us towards the end of the movie. You're yeah, the pieces we're of the T one thousand. Like now, the, the people who tell the T one thousand to go to the Galleria. 
Oh man. We actually we actually play the part of the semi truck that he drove. <laughs> it's expressionist. It's an expressionist piece. <laughs> it's basically going to be like Moomin Shans or something. Uh, so guys, bouncing back to Mighty Number no. Nine, as as fans of Mega Man, obviously, what has gotten you most excited about uh, about this project? Uh, what's interests you the most about Mighty Number no. Nine? I'd say the team they brought together. I think that's the most interesting thing. It's like all the people that are working on it is a hodgepodge of all the best people that worked on the originals, like from all across them. Like the, I can't remember her name, but the girl who did the soundtrack for the first one, that's really one of my favorite, favorite ones. So I'm pretty, I can't wait to see what she comes up with for all the sweet jams, that kind of stuff. I think, I think the team they've built is probably the right team to do it. And it seems like they're going to be sort of unfettered by, I don't know, the, the, Corporate structure, corporations, man. That Capcom, you know, that that they were under when they were working with Capcom. It seems like, especially the fact that they've gone Kickstarter and they've gone community based. It feels like you know they're going to have as much freedom in this game as you know as we do with like an album. Yeah, Mm. they make it good, and that's all that matters. That's not what. I mean, assume if they're successful, they will become a corporation at some point. Well, yeah. I mean, then you have to kill them. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> then, they'll have to, then they'll have to all quit at the same time yeah. and, start and just say no it's just it, it's not about the games anymore <laughs> <laughs> when do we get to do that <laughs> right afterwards hypothetically if you guys did get involved with mighty number no. nine what sort of uh, a musical thing would you th- are you naturally inclined to implement yourselves towards with mighty number no. oh, nine maybe we would, like write a song or something Music, yeah. That's the way, that's the way I think we would get involved. I think something. <laughs> so I think what Cap's saying is is uh, is that you guys invented a canonical mythology for uh, classic Mega Man. Are, are you gonna do? Do you feel confident doing something like that for for a different series, even if it's closely well, related? It's, no, it's honestly no different than writing some kind of score, silly shit for a Terminator play or, or Shakespeare. Or writing know. a song about. <laughs> give us a concept, and we can probably write a song. about that's is that of... a challenge? <laughs> yeah, do yeah. it. Okay. Uh... Popeye? Better... Yes! Popeye. Yes! Yeah! Yes! Popeye. All right. He's doing what he's doing, and he punches a bad guy so bad, a portal rips in time and space into the warp from 40K. Sweet Pea crawls into it. Popeye jumps into the 40K universe, has to fight the god emperor of mankind. Man, that is some nerdy shit. <laughs> <laughs> what show are we doing again? What is this? <laughs> I'm into Popeye, though. <laughs> You're an American. You should be. <laughs> really not hard, there. man. Come on. Give me like a challenge. Like 1981, Robin Williams Popeye, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the one we'll do. <laughs> <laughs> that was already a musical. You can redo well, the musical. No, you should, yeah. you know, you Here's the thing. Uh, Harry, Harry Nilsson, he's a great songwriter, but he completely phoned that shit in. He was writing those songs on the set. That movie needs a better soundtrack so wait no it's gonna be like dark side of the moon with wizard of oz you play the proto-man version alongside with the popeye movie I, i'd almost want to i'd almost rather see the racist 1940s propaganda popeye <laughs> <laughs> oh man but you're a that's, sap. that's the that's the challenge I you're, think, you're yeah. a sap mr jap right oh, like that, that's the one that's the one write a song to that thanks for bringing that up in the mega man episode <laughs> I get behind that one. <laughs> Way to go. 
<laughs> I just, I'm just saying, you guys made it weird. So the, so, the, so the, so the, so for for alternate history of Popeye, because for Mega Man it's Proto Man. Does that mean when they do the Popeye, they're gonna change their name? Because like Sergeant Pepper, it'll be the Sailor Men. Salmon taken a different way. Yeah, I mean, I'm alright with that though. No. Let's get back to the topic. This is going. This is going in a very strange direction. I'm sorry. I apologize to nerds who don't care about Papa. This is my fault. I'm sorry. Really care about those people. Did you know that Neil Young wrote a album about Popeye in the '90s? No. Neil Young already did this. What you're challenging us to do? He's already done it, but he shelved it. And he had a really cool cover art for it too. It was Popeye with a ray gun. It looked like the original box art of Mega Man. <laughs> with everyone, you know, we're all, we're, we're all trying to figure out whatever, what's everyone's favorite robot master. What are you guys' favorite robot masters? Oh my god. Really? <laughs> Do you get asked this uh, every interview? They, they always get asked this, I'm sure. Oh my god, do we? Yeah. But we're, we're, we're collecting them for this, for this, for this episode. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a fresh uh, question for every other interview on this episode, but not for you yeah. guys. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's Sheep Man, but besides that, yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, Sheep Man, that was Sheep awesome. Man is great. There's a lot of depth to that one, though. That's, I'm, I'm impressed by that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Character. Okay, how it. about sexiest robot master? He's electric sheep. Which Mega Man game is this in? Like 10. Uh, and he doesn't dream or anything. Oh, I see. No. He doesn't dream about himself. He doesn't dream about himself. <laughs> <laughs> but he's electric. I think Gravity Man's the sexiest robot, because think of the things he can do with that gravity. Mm. I'm just saying. I think Splash Woman, because her theme's kind of sexy, too. So uh, also, That's too obvious she's a woman. That's well, completely well, I'm sorry. obvious. I, if I'm going to be attracted to a robot, it's going to be a female robot. Badass. You know, no, I mean, not, not that there's yeah. anything wrong with being attracted to female, female robots. robots. Yes, because but, robots but, but, clearly have genders. But in this, okay, in this so time... I think y'all have answered all of the answers. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So how about we just find out what other people's answers were? I can, te- I can tell you mine. But mine's, you know... Kind of boring and more design centric than it is anything else. I don't really. What is it? Guts Man from the original is the best looking robot that they have designed. Not all of them. Like mm-hmm. the, the most like classic design, utilitarian look for a robot to do the job he was supposed to do. Right. The best design for any of them. Hmm. You know, other good ones, but. Good answer. The, yeah. That's the answer we were looking for. That's that's good answer. Answer. And his jam is the best. He does have a good jam. He does make good jam, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
That makes him sexy, the jam he produces. <laughs> so he fills both roles and both holes. I'm sorry. I could not do that. I don't know why. So when you said, I was going to interrupt, you said he fills both roles with jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that's that. Guys, thank you so much. Man, thank you guys for having us. That's true. Uh, Huge oh, fans. Wait, wait. Yeah. Huge wait, fans. One more thing. One more thing. Yeah. I have a, have a delay, delay on my end. On my end. It's really weird. It's really weird. <laughs> Well, in case you didn't know, you didn't know because you don't follow, you don't follow our mailing, mailing list, list or our Twitter or our Facebook, we have a tour coming up as well. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we're going to play in uh, D.C. area, which is Springfield, Virginia, and Richmond in a couple of days in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, and Nerdapalooza. Imagine that. Imagine that. Fancy that. Do you guys... I don't know if this has been announced yet. Are you guys playing the doing two night thing like you have been doing the past three no, years? Or so no, we are not. Just one night. Okay. One night yeah. only. Uh, I will say that if you live in any of those areas, go to or if you just like seeing shows, just go to protum.com/tour and check that out because it, we might be coming near you. You don't know. That's really all. <laughs> I was going to say I have kind of an official nerd question. Um, have you ever cons- <laughs> yeah. it's, it's official. It's, it's officially nerdy. This is a nerdy show. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, uh, right now, I'm in, acting in official capacity. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, do, have you guys ever considered um, that if you get tired of the mythology, not that we would, right? Mm. Right, right. But, but the mythology that you've created, if you would move on to a different Mega Man franchise like ZX or anything like that? Yeah. Popeye, that's where we're moving. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Good, good. good. Excellent. <laughs> that, that is a, uh, they do get asked similar questions no, about sure. that quite, quite sure. often. No, but as long as I guess as long as uh, you know. everyone everyone's asking us now if we're going to jump ship and write a Mighty <laughs> Number Nine yeah. rock opera and just abandon our Mega Man roots. Yeah. Well, it's clearly you already know everything about uh, Mighty Number no. Nine and like what's going to happen in the game and what you know how it all. Yeah, how it yeah. All from, well, they, from, they told us something was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, something big. Something big is going to happen with that game. Game. He actually just we just got him involved so that he would have his name to push the game. Right. In reality, the proto men have just you know developed this entire game from the ground up. Right. <laughs> you actually made it when you were children, and uh, and and you kind of stoke the fires. You have to wait till you're old enough for it to seem legit. Yeah. Right. Huh? Right. Huh? Yeah. You seem to know the answers, huh? <laughs> uh, I guess to answer your question. That's not really something we think about. No. It's, about that? And in reality. The goal of this band is, is always, you know, like the the view of what Mega Man is isn't like we didn't do this specifically because it was we wanted to go after this specific Mega Man or Mega Man X or Mega Man ZX and Mega Man blah blah blah. It was the core concept of Mega Man. Like you know, it's not really her series. It's it's generally the idea of when you boil it all down to the smallest piece what Mega Man is, the skeleton of it. That's kind of what it's about. It's not about which franchise it is. Does that make sense? That uh, answers my question. cool answer. I think it's the most serious answer we've had on this entire episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It was 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 the official question. It was the official nerd question. You validated (laughs) this entire episode. Thank you. Everyone gets one. (laughs) Uh, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. When am I going to get drunk with Brandon again? Oh, man. I don't even remember that. Oh, wait. Was that when we were eating all that bacon? Yeah, dude. Oh, Jesus. 
chest you know, I, was last like, night. I was like, I'm not going to eat bacon ever again. And watching Cap drink a shot of grease almost made me throw up. And then, like, a month later, I just started eating bacon again. Uh, I guess that's a good it. time to mention, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it, one time we hung out with the Proto Man and made some food sculpture in the shape of Star Wars ships and ate it. <laughs> Dude, the next day, let me tell you, that was one of the worst days of my life. Like, a fucking bacon, <laughs> a fucking bacon coma? Bacon and I don't know how much whiskey I drink. We'll link to where you can watch Nerdy Meal Time on this episode. But Murphy, to answer your question, uh, I think Nerdapalooza is prime time for you and Brandon getting all kinds of drunk together. I'm gonna be drunk for three days, so it's gonna be great. The hotel rooms have kitchens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, recreate that and 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 it's gonna be horrible. (laughs) Thank guys, thank you so much. We will uh, we'll be in touch. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah, we're going to touch you soon. (laughs) Since we've been talking about it back earlier in this uh, Proto-Men interview, why don't we play the uh, non-canonical Proto-Men jam, Beards Going Nowhere. In the city you hold on as tightly as you can Don't take anything for truth Like walking on the razor's edge Everything around you is crumbling, girl You only have to look around, bro When I was younger, things were different A man was allowed Can get out of this town before we both. 
With us, we have Charlie from Fangamer. Fangamer is the incredible merchant apparel team that we've gone on and on about in years prior. If you haven't ever checked out their stuff, you're probably going to want to go over to their store and buy some things to put on your body. (laughs) We'll have links to where you can do that on this episode's page, but we're talking to Charlie right now because Fangamer are designing all the merch for the Mighty Number 9 Kickstarter. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Whenever they first came to us, it was sort of... uh... Actually, whenever we first heard about it, it was from our, our buddies at Two Player Productions who are doing the documentary part of that process. Because for whatever reason, people have become really obsessed with seeing the process of actually making sausage. And as long as Two Player are the ones who are actually doing it. So um, <laughs> they kind of sent us a very cryptic email saying, hey, are you guys interested in doing something for a really big project? I can't tell you what it is about. But I can say that it's going to be the biggest thing that you've ever had anything to do with. And uh, no, no, not interested. (laughs) We sussed out that it probably was something Mega Man related. That was the only thing that we were able to gather from that. They didn't mention it, but we were kind of right. You could say that anyway. Incredibly right. (laughs) Yeah. How did you determine that it was Mega Man related? They said it had to do with a very big IP. That was all we could go on. So, so like, you're giving us Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> you know, with two-player, I, I honestly wouldn't doubt what they could have gotten their hands into at this point. They're pretty big names, so we're just kind of tagging along with anything that they do at this point. You guys worked together on the Mojang documentary, talking about Minecraft, and you guys actually developed some really wonderful Minecraft-related merch that was never allowed to hit the, the regular old internet shoppy. Yeah. <laughs> Ye old internet shoppy. I mean... <laughs> But, you know, the, the second time was a charm, though, because they were uh, they were involved with the Double Fine Adventure, which became Broken Age. And uh, we actually run the Double Fine store now. So and we haven't really developed much merch for it yet, but we're in the process with a few things. So it's actually coming together pretty well. Got anything for Brutal Legend? <laughs> yes, actually. I, yeah, I think I could probably say that we have... A vinyl coming out of the soundtrack. Holy fucking shit. (laughs) Isn't it like 140 songs? I don't think all of those are on the, uh, are on the vinyl. It'll uh, be the largest yeah, vinyl you've ever seen. It's that, an octuple collection. <laughs> there need to be skulls on it, I believe. I'm skulls sure there are. And there's things. actually this really cool shirt that they made called the uh, Headbangers, which isn't out yet. I don't know how long it's going to be until it does come out. I'm pretty sure they're going to approve it. Man, it's just like this really gross art style of these guys, presumably enemies from the game. I've actually never played Brutal Legend, so I actually don't know what this is referencing yet. <laughs> uh, it's just some guys like grabbing people and just headbanging them to death. Yeah, and it's yeah, wonderfully that, gory. And those, those are the headbangers bad. for sure. That, that's exactly that's precisely what they do. It's <laughs> a common practice in that world. Fair Let, enough. Let's do. That's awesome. So um, Mighty Number no. Nine has got the Kickstarter up. It's got the list of all the uh, the special items and everything. Was wondering if um, you know there's not too much specific information on like the direction that Fan Gamers going with the merch. Like you guys have, uh, are doing a game box for a game that doesn't have a physical property, but you guys have designed an actual box for the game. Like what style of a box is it going to be? You know what's the whole direction on the Mighty Number no. Nine merch? Well, right now we're, we're looking into, and we're not certain that it's not 100% yet, but the idea is since CD-ROMs and all that stuff, that's out the door at this point. Screw that noise. Instead, we're looking into like flash drives that are in the shape of cartridges, like an old NAS cartridge or something like that. 
We don't know uh-huh. if it's going to work yet, but we're you know trying to figure out the logistics to where we just ship those things out, and that'd be pretty much the case. And the actual as well as something size. you'll be able to use later on. I just want it to be the size of an actual NES cartridge for when you plug it's, it. Well, you could, we're looking into that, but I don't know if that's logistically. That, that uh, is the least useful that, USB drive ever. I know. The actual USB, the, the flash drive, is in the shape of a cartridge. Yeah. But, okay. Scaled down, sounds cute. where it actually still be able to be used. No, man, I scale mean, it up, make that shit bigger. <laughs> make sure the actual USB port is the size. Like, invent a new standard, and then so so, so you basically have to have something the size of a Genesis port to plug a new flash drive. I mean, alternately, we can just have it work like an external hard drive, where it just has an, an extra cable that you connect from the cartridge to your laptop or whatever. And just have it plug into the game genie, then have the game genie. Plug <laughs> Basically, uh, the, the convenience of a flash drive, you need to completely Ruin. Just, like, just ignore <laughs> that entirely. It has to be the least convenient flash drive. <laughs> No, but for real, it sounds awesome. I mean, a lot of the design stuff is being taken care of by their own art team. And we're just kind of making certain that it all looks good. Like the Mighty Number no. 9 shirts that we had to give out for packs, which we had approximately a week to order and get in and pack and all that stuff. That and was, they, they were uniquely numbered, right? Yes, they're all uniquely numbered. I'm actually wearing number 52 right now. Uh, <laughs> we, we, is we is were it able a new to 52? choose some of our own numbers <laughs> because, you know, why not? We're part of the team, I guess. That's a perk, man. That's what you... You earned it. <laughs> I have shirts 60 through 65. I'm wearing two of them right now. Well, I heard the 420 shirts up on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> shirt 69, yeah, shirt uh, 420. <laughs> Actually, uh, shirt 69 belongs to uh, a guy named Ben, who is their uh, North American contact guy, pretty much. Oh, their English-speaking member. Lucky dude. We used to call him Dirty Ben. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, he would, he would get that shirt. Old, old Dirty Ben, he would wear that one. Really. I shirt so, number nine. That one's actually painted with 24-karat gold. <laughs> yeah. That one actually belongs to KJ Unifune. He's oh, the perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you going to be actually selling these shirts or something similar at some point? Well, through the Kickstarter, right? I think one through eight are in the Kickstarter, and all the rest of them are being given away by one person or another and they're never going to be for sale so uh Whoa. no you're out of luck if you didn't attend pax prime 2013 then Damn. you're out of luck too bad so i mean at some point you will have a mighty number no. nine merchandise in the store i assume we're hoping to i mean it's not a big rush right now just because i mean the game's not going to be coming out for another couple of years mm-hmm. so it's not an active license just yet but i mean this is pretty much our, our foot in the doors so where we're like hey you we did all this stuff for you can we keep making stuff how was it being approached by somebody to work on a Kickstarter that was a sure thing? Because I think it's probably one of the first Kickstarters I've ever seen. Where you where just like, know. Yeah, you know what's like, going to happen. It's like, hey, I'm start, I'm rather, I'm doing this thing and I'm telling the internet and they're going to give me the money in advance. <laughs> you're, you're, by the time I finish this phone call, the money's already there. Yeah. So, you know, like pretty much how it works. What was your company's response to that? Because Kickstarter kind of has a uh, weird has, reputation. It's a weird reputation. Well, I mean, we've ended up being a part of several Kickstarters that we thought we were going to be pretty, pretty sure fire like any of them that we were involved with we were pretty sure we we're going to make it even like some really really small ones like we have this one called um undertale which is by a guy named toby fox who we were just happened to be friends with and it is a very small interesting rpg idea that we were just like yeah I think, I think we're gonna it's gonna work so we get approached by kickstarters literally at least once a week oh just to say, saying hey can you do this thing for us and i've become an expert at telling people no <laughs> so it's uh can you pretty much tell at this point which ones you know are just gonna fail 
Oh yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty. I mean, every once in a while I'm surprised. Like, how did, how did that make how did that get to its its minimum goal? I don't care that their goal was ten dollars. How did it get that far? <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, I'm, I would consider myself not an Kickstarter expert, but definitely a, a pretty good predictor. Sort of a Kickstarter Tradamus or something like that. That was a bad one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been pretty wild being able to get in on all these things but uh the only problem with a bunch of kickstarters is that even though they're they're fairly easy work for us to just get all the information at once and just ship it out with our fairly automated systems it's still time that takes away from our own personal projects that we'd love to be working on so we're kind of trying to get a balance because we've been so unbalanced for the past probably year year and a half well what is new with fangamer what are you guys cooking up right now well, we actually have this really big project that we wish we were working on right at this moment, but we are waiting on some exciting news from a friend of ours who happens to currently be working in the offices of uh, Shigesato Itoi, the guy who shut up. Earthbound. Shut up! Shut your damn mouth! <laughs> <laughs> shut your damn mouth and tell me more! Yes. <laughs> I honestly don't have more lips. to tell you other than the fact oh, that... Aw, he uh, can't say what anything. A she's just uh i mean she's she's a really awesome person who's like she she just learned how to speak japanese and spent a few years in japan and slowly worked her way into the uh into the shigesatsu itoi offices the uh hobo nichi offices <laughs> yeah did what and, any dedicated earthbound fan who knows japanese would do <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing though she she had to really try and strike a balance she she, she can't let them know that she's this raving fangirl so she has to play it cool she's like yeah i'm just you know, I just really think that your your work as a uh, copywriter is really interesting. And I mean, it, it really is. I mean, he's just an awesome guy in general. And Earthbound was just, you know, the thing that we know about him on this side. But uh, man, she's getting getting involved in some stuff. And, and she has this secret that she's going to be telling us at the end of the month when she comes home. Because she's actually one of my roommates. I have a dreamy gaze right now, Charlie. I can't <laughs> wait to hear what she tells you. <laughs> <laughs> When, of course, when it becomes public knowledge. But we also have, a because Earthbound came out earlier this year on the virtual console, we have a bunch of Earthbound-related plans that are still not quite coming to fruition. But, uh, like, we have the PK Zine, which is uh, going to be accompanying a new Bad Dudes album called Psychokinetic, which... Uh, is sounding really awesome so far. There's at least one track probably available somewhere on the internet that you can actually listen to to see how that uh, that album is called. The Bad Dudes always are pretty awesome, so knowing that they're doing an Earthbound-related album is something to really look forward to, and we're going to be involved in that. What's the timeline for the uh, Earthbound scene you guys are working on? Well, actually, it's still taking submissions right now. Uh, we're going to be taking submissions until... November 1st. So you can get details about that at pkzine.tumblr.com and it's information for submissions and all that stuff. So once that's done, we're going to be putting that together. And I can expect it to be coming out uh, hopefully in January, but that partially depends on the bad dudes. Speaking of bad dudes, do you happen to have any merch related to the game, bad dudes? <laughs> we're bad. How about that? No, no, you like, beat each stage. Are, are like, you a bad enough dude to save the president? Well, every stage when you beat it, it goes, we're bad. <laughs> it's that really 8-bit shitty quality. You can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> just have that on like a little button you press and it pop, like it just makes the sound. <laughs> the, a little garbled. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy the shit out of that. Just, just make just one, like, I'll buy it. Yeah. <laughs> you make those little sound drop keychains. That would be awesome. Our consulting services are available at a reasonable yeah, yeah. fee. <laughs> 8-bit garbled noises keychain. I think the reason <laughs> 
It'd be great. You could have every Pokemon on one sound like keychain. That's it a just huge does, keychain. Just, no, 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 man. It just does a random oh, one. Just a random you can't key. choose. You just press the button. Does a random out of all like what 400, 500 something. I don't even remember now. That's the a great way. The copywriting to... will be ruin every movie forever. <laughs> I was gonna say that's that's that'd be the worst way to play. Who's that Pokemon? It's like, all right, I'm gonna play a sound. Who's this Pokemon? Pika. Uh, no, no, man, no, 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 it's the eight bit. Yeah, they, they, they make the Game Boy. It'll be like, oh no, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah, no, not that anime crap. No, no, eight bit. Be great. I don't. I wouldn't even know any of them. I know what all of them are. <laughs> What's missing number? Missing number uses the sound that Zapdos makes. Man, she killed you. Yeah, <laughs> Whatevs. What about uh, forthcoming? merch from fan game or anything that is announced that uh that people should get excited for well we do have a bunch of stuff that we made for packs that's going to be finally being put into the store probably by the end of the month at least such as a, a new earthbound shirt called chosen four that was uh created by omocat if people are familiar with uh, her works man and then there's speaking of pokemon I, I can't give too much information but i'll just throw out the words field guide and you guys can mm. I like the sound of that. Does it come mm. with that little sidebar where you push the button and it makes the noise to turn the page? <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, we're, it's that's in the editing phase. It's probably not going to be out this month, but uh, definitely by Christmas, maybe even by next month. Getting back to the topic of Mighty Number no. Nine, Charlie. Obviously, we are living in a world of intense Mega Man deficiency right now so uh, mighty number nine is a breath of fresh air and i'm sure you've been following all the updates what are you most excited about for mighty number nine you know honestly it's weird to say it but i'm actually more excited about the two-player productions uh documentary than the game itself at this point partially because i really really suck at old Mega Man games (laughs) like i I rock at Mega Man x but old ones i I don't think i've ever beaten one so uh i'm more interested to see the whole process although if if mighty number nine ends up coming out a little bit closer to the Mega Man x side then that's also gonna be much more awesome so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be i don't know i mean i'm also really interested in seeing all the stuff that people come up with after the game is released because honestly there's already tons of fan art Right now, for Mighty Number no. Nine, even though it's still another two years out before it's actually going to be done. Yeah, fan art for characters whose concepts haven't even been finalized yet. <laughs> right, like uh, they actually have a Tumblr going on at uh, Mighty Number Nine dot where they just have all these really good. Some of it's really awesome. Some of it's obviously you know, some kid that decided to sketch, but that's okay because it's just really amazing all these things that people have put together already so once it's actually out it's hard to even imagine what's gonna go on it's like people are already picking their favorite robot masters or, or I, i'm sorry i don't know what they're gonna be called in the game master robots yeah they're the mighty numbers mighty number one through eight well um charlie what's your favorite capcom game you can say captain commando it's all right <laughs> that's uh, a legit answer i don't know like, there's don't nothing wrong X4 with Skeleton keeps Man. coming coming to mind remember. x4 was uh i'm pretty sure that's the one where you just get to play the entire game as zero and just beat crap up with a sword so yeah i, I think that's probably it who's your favorite robot master no it's probably going to be cut man because that's the only one whenever i was playing the original mega man that i, I could actually beat without having a power in the first place and then i get lost and just get frustrated and quit the game <laughs> is, is Flashman the one that freezes you in time yes what a dick yeah. i hated that boss so much the good thing about cutman is he had the best theme out of anybody in the original mega man yeah like that was the closest they got to mega man 2 mm-hmm. so he felt even better when you beat him i don't know i mean at that point you're like oh good the stage with the good music's over <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why you quit he, yeah. like, something about these other stages I'm, I'm stink. we did it 
<laughs> I got through the best part of the game. Mm, when are you going to create a section for erotic merchandise? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure we can't even swear yet in our uh, in our own <laughs> podcast. So, to, to give you an idea of how that's going to go. Shucks. They're saying there's a whole untapped oh, market out there. Then I think you're missing. Well, out I, on. I think that's the market that Bad Dragon corners exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mighty Number no. Nine. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. They just sent you, uh, you a toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an erector set. That one hurt. Thank you, Doug. Then <laughs> then thank you thank you Charlie thank you so much. We'll have all the essential fan gamer links posted on this episode's page and of course Mighty Number no. 9 their Kickstarter is currently ongoing right now. There's going to be a documentary from two player. They update like constantly. If you haven't invested in this game, I, you're probably going to want it now's the time. So uh, get in on that and uh hey, be cool like me and uh throw down to get that box with maybe a USB in it, maybe not because um Fan gamers kind of make the sexiest box for a game that has no physical cartridge you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when we get back, we're going to talk more about Mighty Number no. 9 and uh, what we think about it. Right now, though, let's, uh, let's cut to some music from Mighty Number no. 9, the Mighty Number no. 9 theme by Manami Matsumai. She's the original composer for Mega Man. She oh, did, wow. I she didn't did, know that. Yeah, mm. she did Mega Man, the score for Mega Man. Wow. And Big ups for Cutman's awesome. theme. Yeah, and obviously, like, uh, a female game composer, you'd think more people would know about her, but when, when, when have you ever heard of her? So That's why we're here, getting the word out. <laughs> yeah, the only one I can think of that, that uh, was Castlevania's composer later. Right. Little known fact, um, Matsumai, whatever her name is, she actually helped create the Airman stage music because um, the, the creator who take, or the, the composer who took over, who does awesome music, got, like, went through a slump and they were stuck creating music and they had offices right next to each other <laughs> so she awesome. went over there was like i'll do this favor for you and then later on the the person who did the, the music for Mega Man actually did a favor for her and created an awesome awesome song for her to use in one of her th- games oh, i want to know what that conversation was like it's like i don't know how to write jazz and i need <laughs> a jazzy song <laughs> <laughs> and so uh she's uh she's been releasing uh music periodically uh via the mighty number no. nine kickstarter sneak peeks to everything two player recently put out a, a short video where they went to her home studio and talked about her developing themes for the game and her career rock on which is very cool so here's the mighty number no. nine theme by manami matsumai
So suffice it to say that uh, we're all really excited about Mighty Number no. Nine. I think we collectively lost our shit the day that that uh, Kickstarter went up. And man, I'm I'm impressed. You know the uh, the design for Mighty Number no. One, uh, the the flame dude. They really did a great job of taking you know a, a classic trope of like oh a fire robot and making it cool. You guys you guys all seen his design? No. It's uh he's basically like he's got these tough a tough ass head and some tough boots, but his uh, his actual body is he's kind of like uh stick sort of because they're all flumes they all shoot like it's uh has holes in, all through it and it all emits a flame so he has a sort of like flame body that bulks out to the to match his head and uh and and legs pretty, pretty cool. rad yeah and uh they, they were they uh, recently released um mighty number no. three and she's a uh, electricity robot i say she because she's got a, a lady shape and she got boobies. some kind of some kind of robo boobs robo boobies <laughs> uh, important insulation compartments i'm sure they give milk to robo babies huh okay well you guys <laughs> didn't, you guys don't know that about robots I don't she, uh, lady robots to be more specific well yeah but i mean they're they're the same species <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, i gotta say these guys eight four the um localization group uh run the that are running the kickstarter they have a, a podcast that comes out every week and uh, they they've been running this thing with with concept and uh inafune-san getting this all together and it's great i mean they are i've never seen a kickstarter run this efficiently they've every single day of the week is a different uh, a different theme of a different kind of announcement. So they've got daily announcements every day except Saturday and Sunday. All kinds of material, incredible community interaction, and they're taking on like you know thousands upon thousands of comments a day. Obviously, the Kickstarter is doing really fucking well. It's just impressive. Don't really have much to add other than yeah, it's impressive, and I just can't wait to see more stuff. Like it's just they're they're making new stuff every day. Like you say, it's like well, we've only we've only seen so much, and there's much more. What I don't get is they made a mighty number one. Right. And then I've been looking through updates and there's a Mighty Number no. 3. Right. Where did where'd Mighty Number no. 2 go? Maybe they have a concept but not official art. I guess. Yeah. I, they're I they're, see they're working on it. All yeah. this stuff is so in I'm just saying, why wouldn't they make Mighty Number no. 3 a Mighty Number no. 2? Why wouldn't they just call it Number 2? Maybe like, they already have the, it was not made They that might have way. the stages planned out a certain way, but they don't have the concepts for number Planning two. Planning ahead, really? Oh, they, they have a complex story that's uplifting to the robot spirit. <laughs> and that's... I mean, maybe it's ranked. Maybe it's maybe it's they're saying the, how how mighty they are, so mm. they know like on a scale. Well, then number nine is obviously gonna be the best. Yeah, then well, you're yeah. gonna win. But you know what you don't what you don't know is that mighty number eleven is the uh, is the it's brother the final boss was the brother that you know that they all thought was dead, <laughs> <laughs> or that like mighty number six really is mighty number 11 both in disguise no don't even that's i don't know if i can handle that so uh mighty number nine's name is beck and he has a a female partner of some kind called call i heard he's a loser (laughs) i am so sorry for that (laughs) why don't you kill me (laughs) so his name is beck and her name is call yes beck and call okay um rock and roll beck and call Uh uh-huh what's the the dog gonna be named Mighty number nine. Fast. Mighty number nine. No, 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 no. Mighty number nine's dog is going to be an attachment. It's going to be called Mighty. So when he, you know, morphs together, he's going to be Mighty number K nine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I felt bad about. Well, they named the dog after. They named the dog after the band Rush. So this so, is going to be called. This is going to be Getty Lee the dog. No, it's or like, Emerson Lake and Palmer. Or Neil Neil Peart. Or Neil Toto. Peart. It'll be a cat named Neil Pert. Ah, <laughs> uh, done. Done. I like it. No, oh. that's after Cat Stevens. 
The cat, it'll, it'll, it'll be, it'll be a good. cat. It'll I be just, a cat robot. The cat's name is Moonshadow. <laughs> Get digging deep into the Cat Stevens jokes. <laughs> That's okay. We're digging deep in the Rush jokes. We're digging deep in Neil Young. We're digging deep into everything. A salesman. Salesman. And Moon Unit Zappa is going to be <laughs> is going to be uh, the name of a super weapon that the bad guy's building. <laughs> So um, that was all bullshit. <laughs> like, we don't know what Nine Money Number Nine is going to do. Uh, what I've what I've heard rumored on the uh, on the podcast is that you know their podcast, not our podcast, is that the Mighty Numbers, the bosses, the robot masters of Mighty Number Nine, uh, may actually have names themselves. They have yet to be decided. But I'm they, sure they will. They, have, they may, yeah. much like Beck, they may also have their own unique names. We're gonna. I think we may see bosses with way more personality than the robot masters themselves had, you know, like as far as on screen. Well, you can only do so much back in the day. Of course, you know? of course. But I mean, even still with Mega Man, uh, you know, nine and 10, the, the modern versions, you still like it's still limited to the, the tropes. And uh, in many ways, we're, what I think we can expect with Mighty Number no. Nine is a game that has everything that we loved about Mega Man with things that are just fantastic modern spins and expansions and things that they wouldn't have ever thought to have done in the past. And then became confined by their own methodology. Mm. Uh, for example, Inafune-san, back in the day, he really wanted to make a point of seeing Mega Man's like hand swirl into the gun and then turn into the blaster, right? Well, Beck is like that to the nth degree. Everything he does is a transformation. A lot of the game is based around the themes of uh, robotic transformation. So whenever he uh, adapts someone's power, he himself, his body transforms. What I heard in the podcast also is that even if he's wall jumping, his body is reshaping himself as he's jumping what? to actually execute that jump. Hmm. That's like pretty it. sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Something robots should do anyway. Yeah, it sounds like, like visually this game is going to be constantly moving and really amazing to watch. So like I said, the Mighty Number no. 9 Kickstarter is doing really well, and it, it's great because in a, in a world with a Mega Man depletion, it's good to have some, something in the, in the vein of Mega Man out there. As of right now, it's about 3,000 away from being on, like, all the mainstream consoles. I'm really glad it's making it to that goal. So, it's totally going to make it. I would like a Vita version, but I think I'm the only one who wants I mean, I'm a, I'm a PC gamer, but I want as many people to be able to play it as possible. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, right now, there's, um, there's two other Kickstarters relating to classic franchises, ones that have been long neglected, really uh, need to be mentioned yeah, right please, now. Yes, please, they do. Please be Marble Madness. <laughs> Marble, I fucking want a Marble Madness. It, here's what's, it, one of them is something that I have been saying for years on Nerdy Show. <laughs> one of them is something I've been saying for years since I was 12 years old. <laughs> River City Ransom. Yes, I remember. Okay, is, is, I this was is, told about is, this. Is, this is not, which is not the one that I've been talking about for years. Uh, River City Ransom Underground is coming out. It is an official sequel to River City Ransom. Yoshihisa Kishimoto, the original creator of Kunio-kun, the main character from River, from the get- Japanese game that became River City Ransom, is uh, now associated with this game. He's not like the lead creative department on it, but it's got a bunch of people who were just in love with the classic game. You love that uh, a modern interpretation of that amazing non-linear action gameplay that's been uh, borrowed from so many times throughout recent years, like things like the Scott Pilgrim game and everything. Uh, th- it, it's very true to its classic origins. It looks so fucking good. Barf. I'm so excited. I was, I was waiting for an opportunity to say that, but you beat me to it. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited for that. I, I played the hell out of the uh, Game Boy Advance version because, I mean, that was just a remake, but it was a really good one. It, they updated all the graphics and it looked nice. So I've been wanting a new one ever since I played that. I just yeah. love that you, I'm go so in, like, excited. you go into cafes and coffee, coffee shops. You're like, 
I'll eat a donut. Ah, oh, plus one of stamina or something. You know, like your permanent stat boosts. That's it's what I, re- I really liked about the Scott Pilgrim game is that I didn't realize how badly I wanted to play River City Ransom. <laughs> yeah, it makes it you want to play that. It really does. Yeah, and so now we we can, and it looks so good. And if you've not played River City Ransom, please just fucking download it and play it because it's amazing. I'm, it's probably like on WiiWare or something. It's really good. Um, the other one, and this is the one I have I have been talking about for years. Mutant League Football mm. is oh, coming back as Mutant Football League. The, the, I never played it. Okay, here, here, you missed out. Here's the I'm thing. not a big fan of football. Guys. I, I, like I, didn't, I didn't own a Sega Genesis as a kid. I have never played Mutant League Football. But I, one, love and respect the concept because it much like, you know, Mario, what Mario Kart is to racing games, Mutant League always seemed like it was to football games. It takes this thing, the normal everyday thing and makes it fucking fun and nuts. Because we all know football is not supposed to be fun. Well, it's, <laughs> people take it way too fucking seriously. Everyday thing, monsters or football? The, what? No, the, the, um, neither the, monsters, monsters nor football but, uh, are but fun. I I watched the animated series. <laughs> oh, there was which, which, which was the oh, the yeah. goriest, most fucked up thing on mainstream <laughs> network television. I remember people's eyeballs like exploding. It, it, like you run into it, they I two of them would run into each other in the field, and like one's head would explode. I don't know how off. they convinced the censors to they could get away with it. It's like. It's They're a, aliens. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's okay because uh because when they get dismembered and explode, the blood's green and they're still alive. <laughs> I remember decapitations in that show. Yeah, but they were still alive. Or like arms falling off. Yeah, but they wouldn't put them back on. It was just like they're just walking around with no arms. <laughs> Doomed. Yeah, that's it. It was pretty fucked up. So I, I think I think the concept, what even without me having played the game, like speaks you know leagues. I just thought. What idiot isn't making a Mutant League game? But Josh, you've played it. Oh yeah. So Oh my god, it was one of my favorite games. Is it just like football? Yeah, it's it's exactly like football, except that um they throw curveballs in there. Like not literal curveballs. There's <laughs> <laughs> just throw some baseballs in there. It's, it's football, but baseball. That's, that's the only difference in Mutant League football. Uh no, but like the, the, the cool thing is like the teams were all were all uniform in, in the kind they were. It's like, oh, like the the monsters from outer space, the skeletons, like, you know, they would all be on the same team. And each team had its own, like, unique attributes. But you'd still pick your plays. you still do do all that stuff. I didn't know anything about football when I started playing it. Like, not even the faintest bit. But, like, they have levels, like, where sometimes there's, like, landmines and stuff. And, and, if, and, if, and if... Just like real football. Right. But, 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 but when your players die, they, they're gone. Like you can build them up and like you know they they uh, you have players that you like because their stats are good and then when they explode <laughs> they're gone. But but uh, the the great thing is like you would you would run over like a landmine when a bunch of people were were on your running back and then everybody's gone. And then uh, and then there was another level. My favorite one is in space. There's there's just holes in the in the, in the actual uh, the the playing field and you fall through forever. I guess and well, and, Josh, don't blow your wad on talking about mutant league football just yet. Okay, because. We're interviewing the creator, Michael Menheim, in next week's episode. Yes. <laughs> uh, so they, they, they made a spinoff called Mutant League Hockey, which yeah. was an okay hockey game. It wasn't as good of a hockey game as Mutant League Football was a football game, but the Zamboni was a giant slug. <laughs> <laughs> that's genius. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that is on Kickstarter right now. It was originally published through EA. They've been trying for over a decade to get another Mutant League game made, and everyone was telling them no. Well, they were fucking idiots. They're, this game is <laughs> so dumb. Be, yeah, whoever turned this game down, you're a fucking moron. Really dumb. Yeah. For real. <laughs> uh, really dumb, like, for real. <laughs> uh, Mutant League Football is back as Mutant Football League, the MFL. So <laughs> That's so much better. Be the FML. That's what I said. <laughs> It's like, oh, I don't know. Football Mutant League? Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, if you want. 
Anyway, so uh, one concluding thing: the uh, the genesis for this episode, like I said, much much earlier, was that uh, our, our nerdy show listener Archaeus requested us to do a Mega Man microsode. Uh, what what he said when he when he requested this is he wants to, he wants to talk about Mega Man, both the awesome comic and the terrible way Capcom's treated the creator since he left. Um, now, of course. I don't know that Capcom has actually treated Inafune-san poorly. I just know that we don't know what happened over there. And as a result, we haven't had any Mega Man games in quite some time. And now Inafune-san is making his own Mega Man game that is not Mega Man, but is, is very different, but very in the spirit of the game. So, you know, mm-hmm. take from that what you will. As far as the comics go, I haven't read them. Has anyone here read them? Barely. But I, the I, art's I, really cool. They I, did a good job. The art looks great. Yeah, I, I flipped through them at a comic shop and... It looked good, but I was too busy reading like Walking Dead and something else or whatever. But uh, in all seriousness, I have heard good things. Like I've heard, I have heard that if you are a Mega Man fan, uh, it it gets the job done. I know. Which comics are we talking about? Archie comics. Okay. Yeah, the ones that have been coming out from Archie the last Mm. the past few years. I know our dearly beloved Triforce Mike was actually really into it when it started. And, of course, recently it had its big crossover with the Sonic comic, which has had everybody throw up our hands and be like, well, great, you ruined the Mega Man comic, Sonic. (laughs) Um, I think the Sonic comic's been getting better. I haven't been reading it, but I've heard that it's been on the... Is there a robot bunny? Oh, yeah, bunny. Bunny's still in the comic. She's always there. Good. That's all I care about. Well, I don't know know what they've been doing with their continuity, but I did see on the internet that she is married to Anton, which is pretty lame. Well, what? Did you want him to end up with Sally? (laughs) Can we just say Sonic comic a few more times? Sonic Sonic comic. comic. (laughs) I I didn't read the comic, but I I did watch the cartoon show. Well, the Sat AM Sonic cartoon show was amazing. Well, I was talking about Mega Man. Man. I did watch that one too. Dude, you know what sucks is the opening was the most badass shit I've ever seen. It was also the only one that had an animation budget. Was the opening? Yeah, 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 and then the rest of the show is really like like four frames a second. That's true. Like every cartoon from that entire decade. Well, the the first episode. I'm just saying. The first episode, the pilot was 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 animated well, but it's just so stupid. I love that. Song. It's stupid, but I did enjoy it at the time. Man. Much like much like Mutant League football, I really enjoyed it. Though, yeah. though Mutant League actually did have episode to episode continuity, which is pretty uh, different for the time. I guess the, Mega Man did too, to an extent. It, it's we, we they recently put it together a compilation of every time Cutman is on. That's every fucking yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah every, but, like ten yeah. times. No, it's called Cutman is incompetent. <laughs> yeah, whatever Cutman in the cartoon fires his his weapon, it bounces off of. It like, never works. <laughs> but when Mega Man gets it, it's unstoppable. <laughs> it, it goes, and it that's goes all through, he gets every episode is yeah. like Cutman's weapon. It goes through steel. <laughs> It uh, like goes through steel barrier, breaks bricks, like titanium. Uh, yeah, titanium. Uh, 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 it cuts will, a plane in half. It will chase you. It, will, <laughs> yes, it, 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 it turns will. corners and chases yeah. you. It, it, it will fly up, cut a chandelier, and then fall and 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 and, and crush it you. It has and, a mind of its own, and then chase you after that <laughs> if you survive. Yeah, if you survive. shoots and hits a wall and make like a funny noise, like yeah, boy, yeah. Boy, yeah. No, the, one of the best is that a big rock monster that was like a robot, but with a rock, like, serious skeletons walking at Cutman, and he's like. He's like, watch out for Cartman! And he like... <laughs> he I love his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I'll make close. paper dolls out of you. Yeah. And he, he, uh, he, he points it and he's like, this is going to be sheer delight. And fires it and just goes, tink, and bounces off the guy's face. And then later he fires it and just somebody has a hose. And just sprays it. <laughs> and when the it water sh- stops it. Yeah. The water not only stops it. When it changes direction, it goes through everything. Like it's, it's just, just like the water pressure. From the water so pressure. <laughs> Some of the worst cartoon physics I've ever seen. At one point, he's riding a, a robotic T Rex. 
And he still can't this do This is actually, anything. everything we've described makes me want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> if this came out now, I'd be like, that's fucking amazing. Watch, watch the clip. It's amazing. <laughs> we'll we'll link to it on this episode's page. That, that, is, that is incredible. Yeah, what's, what's up with um, that trope in, in cartoon shows, especially at the time of like the necessity of having like a Bebop and Rocksteady, a Bulk and Skull. Like, Except the, that's all they were in Mega Man. Every Robot Master was a Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh, and and <laughs> Proto Man was a creepy Except for Pharaoh Man. In that Pharaoh Man was kind well, of a Pharaoh badass. Man got shit done. There's <laughs> yeah, one clip of Pharaoh Man being a badass. He goes to a, a he's like walking in, in a building and I think Mega Man's hiding in some water. Something like he, that, yeah. And he jumps up and just puts his hand on Pharaoh Man's head. And takes his his weapon. He's like, "Hi, I got your weapon." And Pharaoh just punches. Him. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, yeah, doesn't whatever, even yeah. doesn't even need it. <laughs> well, that's that's really cool. And I, that's when the show became too violent, and it got canceled. I I, uh, I really, it was really cool for me as a kid seeing uh, like you know that one episode where Mega Man X like happened mm. in there. That was. Uh, you know, I, I, you assume that that fan service would happen sooner or later, but it's cool that actually, you know, they went for it. They said Vile shows up and, and starts. Yeah, starts yeah. Down. Vile comes mm-hmm. from the future, and he's he just looks like purple Boba Fett and <laughs> being a badass. Purple Boba Fett with Predator's cannon. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean the, the Mega Man cartoon had its failings. How about the the American Darkstalkers? That was miserable. <sighs> I Jesus haven't even Christ! Seen that. But we, weirdly, it's horrific. Weirdly <laughs> enough, Boy Wizard looks like Harry Potter. What the fuck? The psychics? <laughs> I saw one episode of that show. Never watched it again. I don't even know what we're talking is about. I'm, here, I'm here for Mega Man. I'm not here for any of that. Just on the Capcom <laughs> side, whatever. All I remember is Lord Raptor on the beach drinking like a margarita and just like laughing. <laughs> I can watch that on loop. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we haven't we haven't read the Mega Man comics. Not not many of them anyway. Um, but but I yeah, I've, I've heard very good things. I've heard very good things. <laughs> uh, we'll link to where you can pick some up. Uh, why the hell not? All right. So now that we've been, we've heard everyone else's opinions, we've had some time. Do each of us have a favorite robot master, or at least one that we just kind of like a lot? Doesn't have to be like all time ultimate favorite. Bubble Brand, Man, you're, you're, right now. Bubble Bubble Man. I don't know why he just he looks sad. He looks like he doesn't really want to be where he is, but he's forced to. He has to fight <laughs> he Mega was Man. Created Those... with this horrible body. But he, <laughs> yes. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't look evil. He's. He, uh, he's he's not a bad guy. Actually, so, something I should mention: we're talking about these robot masters. Someone on the on the, our Minecraft Nerdy Shows Minecraft server of awesome, uh, they created an entire display that goes on for miles and miles of Minecraft miles of every single robot master from every single Mega Man game. Jesus, uh, huge sprite displays. Uh, so that's definitely something to check out that's if you're awesome. ever on the server. Oh, hats off to you, sir. I don't know if I have a, a favorite specific. Um, there are no bird-related ones because I would pick a bird-related one until X. <laughs> until, until X, X yeah. But in the originals, or uh, poop man. Originals, yeah. <laughs> I, I would pick sheep man because it's a sheep. And, uh, and it's the, awesome. the fight is actually it's really great. I do like sheep man, but like the one that used to creep me out, which was Metal Man, because every time I played his stage and you know the little eight bit thing comes across, it says Metal Man. He was wearing like a doctor's mask. It looked like he's wearing a mask covering mm-hmm. his face, and he had the little metal thing that doctors used to wear on their mm. head. And so the whole time I was like Metal Man, but he's. A, He's a doctor robot, and then I'd get to the boss fight. He takes up giant blades, and his doctor's just chucking fucking saw blades at you the whole time. And the whole time, I'm like, I don't understand why he's doing this. And, you know, that's, and that's the story of the worst out. chicken pox <laughs> yeah. that you know, ever had. In, uh, in Heodine's Metal Man song, there's this line that's in English where he's like, I am metal man. No, I'm not a dentist. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what he looks like. And the rest yes. of it's in Japanese. <laughs> Except for the I'm Metro Man. My heart is made of metal. Well, there are always little bits in the <laughs> chorus, but there's just this random I'm, part yeah. in the middle. 
I'm glad I'm not the only one who thinks he looks like a doctor slash dentist. But it used to creep me out because I didn't understand why a doctor bot was throwing fucking blades at me. Yeah, I never wanted to go to the doctor. The sound of the blades, too. It was like, Zzz. yeah, the, I, yeah, it was, it was, it was terrible. pretty fucking great. You just imagine him screaming, "Is it safe?" Okay. The whole time. <laughs> well, that's pretty much it for me. There's, there's a lot. Um, I'm sort of torn between uh, Galaxy Man because uh, he just, I just like what he represents. He's funky too. Yeah, he's the funky. Galaxy. Yeah, so it's just like this dark space stuff. But I may have to go with Airman just because I think it would make a just the idea of of a robot fighting another robot, but the robot has a giant fan, so it's like you're fighting. I don't know. It it, the, <laughs> it, it paints a in the game. It's not visually that cool of 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 a, of a fight, but in my head, it just seems way cooler. Well, it's also like his his power is really rad too. Like if you, if you really break it down, he shoots multiple tornadoes yeah. out of his arm. And they stay stationary until he uses his fan to move them. Yeah. Like, that's kind of scary if you think about it. <laughs> to move a tornado. Well, just, just, know, just, go, just, go, just go. something oh. about a giant walking turbine with no face. I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of, <laughs> it's kind of cool. It would me. actually be scarier if you That is it. very cool. I, I mean, do like, like it's horrifying even if you take away the goofy eyes. Wait, yeah. could, he, could he suck you in? I forget. Could he do it in reverse? I don't remember. I mean. Because he's a giant turbine. Yeah. This is the thing. It's a giant, like, you know, you got, oh, the dentist thing, like, which is creepy, you know, to, I admit it, but it's like. The, the, even more so than like Gutsman or anything else, this guy it just looked like he had no soul. Like he just he, was just, he had an emotionless, not oh, I looking think he's like the human only one who doesn't have a, a face. He's just yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no smile. He's there's just, no it was eyebrows. Like, like just the like a mach- he's a cold machine. Yeah, just, just something that was just epic and big and just monstrous. He was like the most like a monster out of all. Yeah, all the other ones are like smirking or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's yeah. just like frowning, eyes, man. eyes on top of blades, and that's it. Like <laughs> it's kind of terrifying. Are you guys familiar with Charge Man? I've seen him. Wait, is is he the one with the plug on his head? He's a big fucking train. <laughs> oh yeah, he's from X, isn't <laughs> he's he? He's from Mega Man Five. Five? Yeah, X is all animals. Uh, I mean, uh, also if we're if we're including Mega Man X, I can tell you some cool oh, damn animals. Oh yeah, but, Charge Man. Uh, I see him now. Like you know, like the fucking Mandrill from from Mega Man X, really <laughs> cool. Um, but I mean, uh, this the penguin. The, I, I love I love Charge Man because he's a big stupid looking train and he throws coal at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a lot. Okay, there's a Dust Man. I mean, come on. There's a lot of fucking. There's a Centaur Man. Tomahawk Man. <laughs> I, mean, I just saw on the thing. There's Junk Man. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we need another robot. We're going for fucking, I don't know, junk man. We're going for scary. Junk at you. What about what about fucking Skull Man? Like Skull he, Man, I didn't never find him that scary. His, his level is a necropolis. <laughs> like yeah, well, his level's scary, but the idea is just like I'm wearing a skull, so fear me. It's like, dude, you what was more creepier were those guys at the end of three, like that looked like skulls had mm-hmm. skull faces and robots, and then they would take the form of other robot masters. That's true. Those were creepy. All right, so all right, so we got our favorite. What, what, well, what oh, did you sorry. say, Josh? My favorite's Heat Man. Because yeah, like yeah, I, I remember, even as a kid, it's like yeah, he he well, looks like he, he'll throw up. he'll throw like little little blobs of fire at you, but then he surrounds his body in flame and warps across the level, and it just it just made me think that this man is made of the atomic age. He's terrifying. Did it, did anyone have a robot master they thought was stupid? Top man. The one yeah, the one like, I picked, Charge Man. <laughs> that's that's my favorite and the dumbest. That's top why man I like just him. throws spinning tops at you. Like what? What could he have been created but for? Could, Hanukkah? I don't understand. Set aside a whole like uh, a whole section of Mega Man uh, bosses that are just basically Island of Misfit man. toys. Because I, I, I admit I have not played every Mega Man game, so I don't know what I think the dumbest one is. But out of the ones I played, was it Baseball Man? Yeah, that was that was good though. It, no, yeah, the gameplay yeah. was great, but I'm just like, dude, 
baseball man? Well, Mega Man 10 had Pump Man. He's a he's a pump. He's an old timey pump. What a vacuum man. But at least that's like a machine in some way. But it's like Wiley's sitting there in his giant, you know, flying fortress. Like, what will I make? Well, what? That's what that will crash is the robot spirit sheep man. Sheep these, man. these are all baseball lights robots. <laughs> these are all lights robots that have been turned against everyone, right? I, not so not, not always. the first one. Not really? The first I one. thought they were all just like useful bots in doing what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe only that, only in the first one. That would be a more practical explanation, Brandon. Sadly, it's not the truth. No, <laughs> it's just the first one, really. Like Wiley built a baseball man robot. It's like after well, the, the Japanese the Japanese take baseball very seriously. Yes, but but, but oh, I'm just, Strike I, I Man from Ten. Strike Man. Strike Man. I'm just like, sir. After all of the robots you've built, fire, heat, needle, sword. I mean, all these weapons. Strike Man. It's like with baseball themed. I, well, I don't, he, he, what did you expect? He has, train, he has concrete, man. He trains you to hit it out the park. I mean, he's a very if 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 it wasn't created by Doctor Wiley, if it was a robot master that was corrupted by Wiley, it would make a lot more sense. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. In the later ones, it was they were all uh, Robenzia. Well, uh, yeah, Roboenza. Roboenza. That's it. Yeah. I the, well, I was going to say in the later ones, I think there are ones where. I mean, in everyone, it's oh, Doctor Wiley and Doctor Light are working together again because he's reformed, and turns out he's not. No, 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 so I think I think in in a lot of them they are that way. But I know that definitely in Mega Man Two, Wiley just created those. Yeah, robots. those were revenge straight up. Yeah. They just, were they yeah. were cool and they were used for destruction. Everything yeah. else, like why would he create Concrete Man? He literally just makes concrete. <laughs> that's not really an evil purpose. He could build a building. With it. I mean, that's not this fortress. Splash Woman. There's a woman who goes in the water. It's great. Well, she's got a trident. She's a mermaid. She's the robot mermaid. What's she do? She does have a trident. She's uh, in the water. Hornet Man. Well, she hornets at you. With, well, with the Bull Man, you know, has revenge. Like, he's like, oh, what haven't I thought of yet? This will get him. It's like, I don't remember Tengu Man, but he's an eight. He's just a, just a Tengu. Yeah. You know, it takes, Toad, I don't Toad it takes Man two was pretty to stupid. Which Toad one? Man? Toad Man. He was. Toad I, I love toads and frogs, but he just sucks. <laughs> he just hops He's just terrible. <laughs> and Bright Man just, you know, makes things bright. Really. <laughs> I don't understand the purpose of Pharaoh Man. Like, what, what was he made for? You, you have to go into a pyramid to yeah. get to him. Yeah, just leave him in What there. is he desecrating? He just lives there. I don't, I don't <laughs> understand. So, wait, doing. so here's, here's, I mean, here's a dumb question. Did he ever build, like, an. Other than, like, the Forte or base, Treble and Bass, was there, like, an anti Mega Man? That was like a shadow Mega Man, like an anti thing. That was like that was like specifically made to be like the anti Mega Man. That was that was base. <laughs> so, but like before that, before that, I'm trying to think because like there was the when because in Mega Man, like at the end of Mega Man oh, games, there are there are shadow. Ver- yeah, where you have to fight yeah, against a Mega exactly. Man. Exactly. Yeah. Like you have to fight the like you already beat Guts Man, but then you got to fight like a clone of him or whatever at the mm-hmm. end. Was there like I can't remember if they ever had to fight like a shadow. I don't. You, there definitely you is, is at least one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't remember which one. Uh, yeah, that definitely happened. Obviously, he's not as good as Mega Man because you beat him. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, or, or you Wily built it, so or you, you know, get mad and stop playing like most people. <laughs> just make him unbeatable. Now I gotta fight myself. This is bullshit. It's like the end of the Zelda game, Zelda mm. Two, where you fight the Shadow Link and you can't fucking kill him. <laughs> it's like there's an old man who's Ganon. Suddenly, you're fighting yourself as the like the, the final boss. Mm. Or is it the final boss after the Firebird? So, thing? I don't know. I don't know. It's <laughs> the hardest thing I've ever played. I can't beat it. Anyway. Anyway, we're going to wrap up our conversation on yeah. Mega Man. Thank you so much, and thank you to Arceus, who suggested this originally as a microsode. And, Thanks, dude. And can fate, it turned it into this gigantic nerdy show prime. Um, right now, we have a role-playing uh, support drive going on right now. You can choose the next RPG one-shot we'll play, a tabletop role-playing system. 
of your choosing for a, a one-shot podcast. We actually have a feature this week. Some of our hosts have put forth short bios of characters. If a certain system is chosen, they will play. So if you read these and you think, oh, that sounds cool, you won't, you're not just backing a system, you're backing a host and they're, they're the gleam in their eye of trying to, to make their crazy thing a, uh, a, reality. a reality. And I mean, Doug, you gotta, you're playing a, uh, you want to play a kung fu uh, chimpanzee. Yeah. Well, maybe it doesn't have to be a chimp. It could be just a It's a tail, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It could be any, um, um, you know, the, but just read, read the bio, read the description, you know, see if you like it. I think it's, I'm, I'm excited to play it. Definitely check those out on the page and I uh, got to give shout outs to the awesome people who have supported us so far. So there was a big paradigm shift in the support drive within the last week. Things got crazy and it's all because of one nutso awesome fan named Tolan. He said, I haven't donated in a while and I want Call of Cthulhu to, um, I want Call of Cthulhu to win. So he met the current donation level for uh, Call of Cthulhu, which was at $206. He said, I'll see your $206 with $206. And in doing so, he unlocked the unreleased D&D episode and uh, Call of Cthulhu has a huge lead right now. Now, the contest is not over, and there is still more than enough of a chance for a system to top that, but it's all about banding together now. It's all about alliances, and we'll see if there's maybe a war between the Fireflies and the Star Rex and the Dresden Files to beat them uh, old ones. Just don't let Gamma World get voted off the island. Yeah? You, you got him for Gamma World? <laughs> I'm getting him for Gamma World. So, um, here's what Tolan said. People can support whatever RPG they like, but ultimately they will find their minds filled with that horrible clarity that comes with the realization that no matter what they do, Dread Cthulhu shall rise. And when that happens, the liberated Olun will teach us new ways to shout and kill and revel and enjoy ourselves. And all the earth will flame with a holocaust of ecstasy and freedom. Should be a good episode. Until then, Fagnule Megwamuf Cthulhu Rayeth Waganai Fatang. Tolan. Benjamin Mudd came in and supported Firefly, a bold move. Bryce Harris said, for Cthulhu, props to Tolan for rising to Callus's challenge. Callus is uh, the primary backer for Firefly. James Hickson came in and said, here's a Scooby snack for Call of Cthulhu. Uh, Jerome Appel says, been listening to you guys since season two. I love everything you do, especially Dungeons and Doritos and Ghostbusters. I would like my 10 bucks to go towards Call of Cthulhu. Let the awesomeness begin. And awesome. dude, let... That's awesome that like it's we've had a lot of people coming out of the woodworks, this support drive saying, hey, I've been listening to you since like practically the beginning and we've, we've never heard from it before. And that is so cool. Like, I'm so glad to hear from you guys. And thank you so much for uh, for supporting the show and the network and, and all the crazy shenanigans we get up to. Uh, we exist solely because you guys make us exist. And we love hearing from you. Please say this. Please don't be silent anymore. Yeah, tell us we do exist because we don't know. We, we, we don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's a good achievement. A guy who's been listening to us in season two, like with uh, the two shows he mentions, one of them's Ghostbusters, one of our newer shows. Yeah, I'm stoked about that, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Most people can hear my terrible puns anytime they want. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they just don't take advantage of it. And I don't I don't know why. So if you exist, let us know. <laughs> So, if your RPG of choice is now under the might of Call of Cthulhu, can you still win? Yes, you can. But you should definitely try to organize on the Nerdy Show forums. You should definitely band together, because there's no other way to overcome odds like this. The good news is, the thing that everybody wanted to unlock, it is unlocked. However, of course we would incentivize. There is a new unlockable at $1,200, and that is deleted scenes and outtakes from the unreleased D&D episode. So, adventure awaits, and uh, guys, thank you so much for all the amazing donations. We are razzle-dazzled. 
Yes! If you want uh, a Nerdy Show microsode, which, you know, via certain circumstance could turn into something like this, all you got to do is hit the $100 mark, every successive $100 mark, uh, in our monthly support drives, and you could pitch us a topic, and we will do a show about it of some length. And maybe uh, it'll turn into a massive it, prime show for it, no reason. It could happen. No <laughs> promises, but uh, freak, freak accidents like this do happen. Uh, so... Uh, thanks so much for listening. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Brandon. Bye, I'm Doug. Bye, I'm Josh. Bye, I'm Jonna. Taking us out, we have a classic. Uh, Doug, you said this track was the was something that got you back into Mega Man. Yeah, because well, I again I hadn't I didn't play it a lot when I was younger because I got easily frustrated, wanted to play an easier game. But uh, I guess it was around 2007, 2008. I discovered uh, this video on YouTube of Dwayne and Brando singing a song about singing a rap about Mega Man, uh, and I was like, hey. That's right. Mega Man was pretty cool. Mm. And this kind of got me back into the vibe and got me thinking about Mega Man again. So, yeah. Yeah, so here we have a, a Mega Man classic, Mega Man 2 by Dwayne and Brando. I'm coming to get you!
German bastard! You will never make it through my fortress, Mega Man! I'm taking over the world! Shit, come on, Russ, we gotta make it through the castle! Oh, fuck, the later we make it to the battle that the light needs I help in the world needs his genius! While he gets a penis, you just jump all over the roof, just with cannon issue! by a comic shop, Nerdapalooza, my footmen, and the generous support of listeners like you. How nice it is that you have money to give. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, or making a contribution in our monthly support drive, which helps our valets. Very much so. Any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com support to chip in. For more episodes of Nerdy Show as well as other fine programming, community forums, videos and articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes Store. And for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks. We can save the Abbey together. He's Wikipedian in the answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Who looking is at my list favorite. Top popular robot <laughs> masters. Well, he's taking a personality quiz to find out which robot <laughs> yeah. master. On OKCupid, you're going to look on OKCupid to do a personality I, I'm quiz. An, I'm an ENTJ. <laughs> <laughs> Sniper Joe. Is my favorite robot master. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 